Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Orange and Blue 760. All Broncos. All the time. We continue on Orange and Blue 760. Mike Rice, Andrew Mason to be alongside shortly as day two of practices against the 49ers now in the books. And another good day for the quarterbacks, in particular Paxton Lynch. A lot of fun over the next four hours as we come to you live from Santa Clara and uh, the Broncos getting work done, as they say. And it was good work. There's no doubt about it. It was good work for the Broncos today, uh, spirited, and a couple of scuffles in there, which is, you know, I don't think ever a bad thing. It never really crossed the line, but as John Lynch put it, it was sort of boys being boys, and <laughs> no matter no matter how you slice it, that's going to happen from time to time. Glad you're with us. Have so much to get to. I mean, the likes of John Elway, Vance Joseph, John Lynch, Zane Beatles. You'll hear all those conversations and much, much more over the next four hours. We're with you right up until 7 Mountain Time, and we started off with the quarterbacks because that is – Really front and center. And you can boil this down however you want, but to me this trip is primarily, not solely, but primarily about the quarterbacks. And it's about finding out who can play and who's going to play. And I think we're, we're slowly but surely learning that. It's not coming as quickly as any of us would like. There's no two ways about that. Fact of the matter is, this is a process, and it's a slow process. And I don't like that, and you don't like that, and probably John Elway doesn't like that, and Vance Joseph, I mean, Mike McCoy, go right down the list. But you have two relatively inexperienced guys who are battling it out, and they're taking their turns. But hopefully, and it seems like, slowly but surely, things are coming around a little bit. We saw, I'm not sure Paxton Lynch threw an incompletion today. We'll check with Mace when he is with us. He's finishing up some duties with DenverBroncos.com. I think Paxton was somewhere around 12 for 12 today. Now, let's talk about this just for a minute because as Steve and Brandon were talking about, is it just about completing passes? No. It's not just about completing passes. Obviously, that's important. Uh, there's there's no doubt that's important, but it's not solely about completing passes. What it is about is being accurate. So if a receiver drops a pass, 
you can't really put put that on the quarterback. And it's about going through progressions, which there's been a lot of discussion about Trevor perhaps being a little more better suited to to do that. Um, I, I, I don't know how any of us can truly speak to who is progressing through his reads better. I, I don't know that any of us know that because none of us know this offense. Let's just be honest about it. We can see and we can observe when a guy at quarterback is comfortable or seems comfortable when he is on target and accurate with his passes and when he seems to be in command of what's going on. In all of those areas, I've seen improvement from Paxton Lynch over the last two days. There's no doubt about it. And I think the Broncos can be very encouraged by that. And Broncos country can be very encouraged by that. Because quite honestly, we hadn't seen a whole lot of those things through the bulk of training camp. And I don't know why all of a sudden this trip it's it's clicked a little bit or seemingly has clicked a little bit more. Maybe it's just the fact that they're going up against another defense and Lynch finds that more challenging or... He doesn't want to embarrass himself, although, I mean, you wouldn't, not that he's been embarrassing himself, but especially when it comes to going against another team, you don't want to. So I, I, don't, I don't know exactly the reason, but I do know that the Broncos have gotten better quarterback play over the last two days. And it wasn't as if Trevor was bad today. I, I wouldn't say that at all. I would say Paxton was really good and Trevor was pretty good just in terms of how they looked. And in, in terms of the comfort level, that's that's not been an issue with Trevor Simeon. Sometimes he'll, well, what would have amounted to taking a sack in a drill as opposed to throwing it away, uh, some of his passes, which, you know, aren't, aren't always on target, but you could say that about Lynch as well. Trevor's been the more comfortable guy. He's been the better guy. But the last two days, Lynch has certainly closed the gap to whatever degree. I guess I would put it this way. I don't think Lynch has closed the gap to where he will be named the starter over Simeon. I look at Paxton Lynch the last two days and say, this is what I expected more of consistently through the first two and a half, three weeks of camp leading up to these last two days. That's that's what I look at. This is what he, I, I wish I had seen more of and we had seen more of from the early part of camp when the pads went on, when all of a sudden, describe it however you want, he wasn't as, as sharp, he looked uncomfortable, he looked overwhelmed, all of those things and others. So I still think Trevor Simeon should be the starter of this football team, and I don't think there's much doubt about it. And I also think this. If you start Trevor Simeon and things don't go great, you can always go to Paxton Lynch, the first-round guy. Hey, it's time to give him a shot because our record is fill-in-the-blank. We're not off to a good start, fill-in-the-blank. And you can always go to Paxton Lynch in that regard and then say, you know what, we're, we're going to give the young guy a chance. He's a first-round pick, and he needs to learn on the job because we are off to a slow start. And the fact of the matter is, you know, we're just going to get more of the same potentially if we don't make a change. But it's a whole lot harder to go from Paxton Lynch as your starter at the beginning of the year to Trevor Simeon. Because if you start Paxton Lynch at the beginning of the year, the message is, number one, he won the job. And it's not about 
the future. It's about who's the better quarterback right now. And I think this is, again, purely my speculation. My observation would be there are more guys on this team that believe Trevor Simeon would be this, should be the starter than Paxton Lynch. I have no way to prove that. I, I have no way to prove it, but that's my belief. And so I would say that if you start Paxton Lynch, number one, you're saying Paxton Lynch earned the job by playing better throughout the balance of camp. And I'm not sure that's true to this point. Now, granted, the coaches are evaluating this on a level that I don't even know about. And most of us don't have any idea how they're doing that and and the specifics involved in that. We just don't know the X's and O's of the game well enough. So I'm not sitting here trying to say that. I'm just saying based on what I've seen, I think Trevor's been the better quarterback through camp. And thus, and I know the, the competition isn't over yet, Thus, as we talk today, he should be the starter. That's what I think. And so if you, the coaches now pick Paxton, and indeed more guys are thinking, well, that's not who really won the job, then you've got an issue there. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, if you pick Paxton, you're also, I think, implying in that, well, he is a first-round pick. And as Vance Joseph said with Garrett Bowles, he was a first-round pick for a reason. Well, we all know being a first-round pick means something. You're going to get the benefit of the doubt, et cetera, et cetera. But in the case of Garrett Bowles, he is the best guy for that position right now. There's not much doubt about it. And, yes, he's going to learn on the job. And, yes, the Broncos need him to learn on the job because he is a first-round pick. But there's nobody that's nipping on Garrett Bowles' heels in the same way that there's a quarterback competition of two guys of – somewhat similar ability and I I think Vance Joseph has to be careful because ultimately no matter what decision is made the message that going to be is going to be sent when that quarterback starter is picked is right now to help this team win this player Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli I guess? Aha in my dentist's office more than once actually Do I have to say? Yes you do In the car before my kids PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell Well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com Play for free right now Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary Void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply See website for details Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com gives us a better chance because that's what Vance Joseph has said the decision will be about. And again, I know coaches like to say a whole lot of things and a lot of times those things don't mean a hill of beans. I get that. I understand that's part of it. But the evidence has shown that Vance Joseph has done what he has said he will do. And has he been careful to say certain things and not say other things? Of course. But he has, this process has unfolded 
in the exact way that he has said. He has not put a timetable to it. And now many people are saying, and, and the narrative coming out is, well, there has to be a timetable. And that, that timetable has to be Monday. Well, it doesn't have to be Monday. Not if Vance Joseph doesn't want it to be. Again, this is not ideal world that we're talking about. This is reality that we're talking about. In an ideal world, the Broncos would have a guy, as we talked about yesterday, who is head and shoulders above everybody else and is the guy. And there's really no meaningful competition. There's the starter who is the leader, who is unquestionably the best quarterback, not only for the team, but with the ability to lead this team into the playoffs. And then there's whoever you have as your backup. Maybe it's a veteran guy. Maybe it's a young guy that you're developing. And maybe there's a third quarterback, but probably not because the roster spot is just so valuable. That's ideal, but that's not the reality the Broncos are facing. The reality is they want to win now, and yet they also have a first-round pick at quarterback that they want to try and develop. That's not a good mix. And so that first-round quarterback has to be at a level at least equal to the slightly more experienced player without the pedigree and resume, if you will, from a draft standpoint as the first-round pick. And I know Trevor Simeon was hurt his senior year, but the fact is he's a seventh-round pick, and he wouldn't have been a first-round pick had he been healthy. So you, you see my point there. So the Broncos are trying to accomplish two things, and oftentimes those two things do not go hand-in-hand. Developing the most important position while winning at the same time. And when you look at young quarterbacks over history, they needed help. And whether it's Trevor or Paxton, he's going to need some help. Fact. He's going to need help to get it done. And that help primarily will come from a strong running game, which the Broncos did not have. So it was a good day for Paxton. It was a good day for Trevor. In all, I've been encouraged by what I've seen, but I've been encouraged on a relative scale. I still am of the mind that if the Broncos don't get better around the quarterback, as both John Elway and Vance Joseph have talked about, and we've been talking about all offseason, if they don't have a better offensive line, if they don't have a better running game, if they don't keep the quarterback, if they don't keep his jersey clean, and the quarterback's getting pounded on and hurried and rushed and harassed by the defense on a consistent basis, as was the case last year, this offense is going to struggle. It may struggle even if all those other things do happen, even if you do have an improved offensive line, even if their running game is better, even if the quarterback isn't as beat up physically. They still are going to be an offense that at times is going to be challenged because at that most important position, They are still looking for the guy, the big-time talent. And number two, you still have an offensive line that is going to take and need a little bit of time to come together. So even if you, the Broncos give the quarterback some help, and I also think a factor is the quarterback himself getting better. We've seen that out of Paxton. I think we've seen it from Trevor throughout training camp. 
not to where they've become elite quarterbacks, no, but just become better and improved. And I would like to think over time, as they get more snaps in this offense, there would be even more improvement. So Vance Joseph has to be careful. You want to try and build for the future, but with this defense, you got to win now. The future is now. So that's why the whole factor of being a first-round pick is a little bit of a moot point. It's only pertinent right now because they're giving Lynch every opportunity to close the gap and to show that he to show enough to warrant the decision going in his favor. He hasn't done that yet, in my opinion, if the decision had to be made today. I'd be stunned. Now, this is a big game in that regard. The last two days of practice, certainly he's acquitted himself much better. Your thoughts. A lot of ways to take part. You can give us a call, 303-713-7600 on Orange and Blue 760. You can tweet at us, at MRiceKOA, at Mace Denver, at Orange Blue 760. And we welcome your thoughts, your comments, the challenge of the Broncos moving forward. And again, what magnifies this is what Vance Joseph said about the starting positions, regardless of the specific position, yesterday. And to paraphrase, when they choose a starter, it means something. It means that's the guy we're going with. We're not going to flip and flop and be wishy-washy. That's the guy they're going to go with, at least in the near term. Now, they're not going to stay with a quarterback, say, or any guy who consistently shows that he's not able to produce. So it's not as if it's just an unlimited tenure on the starting job. you got to play well. you got to produce. But they're also not going to pull the string after one bad series or one bad half or a bad game or two or four, especially if it's Paxton Lynch. So if they pick Paxton Lynch, I think you're I think the Broncos are basically saying two things. He's good enough to be the guy now and lead this offense into the playoffs or at least make a darn close run with the way this defense is. They they're, they're going to be in the thick of things with this defense. And number 2 that they have confidence that he can be the guy throughout the whole season that if he's healthy that's the guy they're casting their lots with and when you when I think about it in those terms as much as I like Lynch and his ability I get a little bit uneasy it's not about his ability it's about is that ability ready now a lot of times when you're I mean you think of the Aaron Rodgers example and I've been the first to bring it up Guys take different lengths of time to develop. And while I'd love Paxton Lynch to be ready now, I, I, I never really thought to myself, well, he'll be ready by the beginning of his second year. I, quarterbacks can take a long time. All players, any player can, but especially at that position. So it's going to be interesting. The The decision really means something. And we're we're on the cusp now after two days of, of good work against the 49ers and then the game to come on Saturday, we're, we're at the point where the sample size is growing to the point where it's very close, at least very close to the Broncos you know, having to make 
a decision. 303-713-7600. On Twitter, at OrangeBlue760, at MRiceKOA, at Mace Denver. When we return, up next, thoughts from Broncos President of Football Operations and GM John Elway, who spoke after practice today. You'll hear his comments in a moment on Orange and Blue 760. Omaha! Let's go! What a throw by Peyton Manning! You're listening to Orange and Blue 760. This is Peyton Manning. Broncos and 49ers practicing today. I thought in general, Mace, just a a good-spirited session. In fact, maybe two-spirited. Some scuffles broke out today. Yeah, in particular, one in an offensive red zone period where uh, it started, you had a uh, the 49ers kind of tackled Juwan Thompson to the ground a little too vigorously. Then there was some shoving after the play, and then the shoving kind of spilled over to guys that were standing and watching. And, and Menelik Watson really got intense and into it. And at one point, and at basically had to be restrained by Austin Trailer, uh, a tight a backup tight end, uh, and things re- nearly got completely out of hand there and uh it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. And Vance Joseph actually talked a little bit about that after practice because, of course, Menelik Watson, the Broncos brought him in to bring some nastiness to the offensive line. Yep. Him and Garrett Bowles were brought in to help change the attitude of the line, and they've helped do that. But when you've got that fire that they bring, it can be a positive, but sometimes that fire can burn if you're not careful. And... uh what we saw there, it's kind of an example of that fine of of that line, and you know Watson kind of crossing that line. And we saw last week a play in the Bears preseason game where Garrett Bowles it was now end up being an offsetting penalty, but uh, Garrett Bowles did get flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. Yep. So you've got to be careful. These are teachable moments right now, but if they happen next month, they could cost you dearly. Cost you a game, yeah. potentially. Mm-hmm. They really could. Yeah. And and let's just be even more honest than that, Mace, and say while this offense is still a work in progress, it magnifies big mistakes that way. Yes. Because oftentimes those big mistakes come on plays where you've had some success. It just sort of works out that way. You get a nice 12-yard completion on third and eight, and bam, a dumb penalty nullifies yeah. it, whether it be holding or whether it be unsportsmanlike conduct or unnecessary roughing or whatever it yes. is. You've got to be smart. You. It struck me as I was watching the scuffles 
the word composure popped into my head, and I think that's one of the hardest things about football, to stay composed when your emotions want to take hold, the emotions of the moment. And the Broncos offensively, defensively, yes, but offensively especially have to remain composed. Yeah. Simply have to. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, as John Lynch said, boys will be boys. And I, I do think there's a little bit of truth to that. I mean, there were some kerfuffles out there and some feather, some feathers ruffled, but I, I don't think it was anything better to have that. Te- I, I just soon have that teachable moment in training camp so that guys can hopefully be taught, right? Yes. Because, Kerfuffle, nice word. Because, thank you. Because some of, the, you know, there's going to be situations like that in the regular season. Yes. You know there will be. 303-713-7600. At Mace Denver, hashtag Ask Mace. Mason's mailbag coming up in just a little bit. At M Rice KOA, at Orange Blue 760. As we talk about the practice today, as we break down sort of where these teams are and where the Broncos quarterback situation stands, John Elway said it again today, Mace. We replayed those comments. We hope that one of these guys makes the decision for us. They're waiting. They're waiting for one of them to grab hold of this thing and say, and not just say, but show, I'm your guy. Waiting for one of them to step up. And I think in that regard, it's an even race. I don't think I don't think Simeon has stepped up enough. Which is why Saturday's game is so fascinating. I agree. Because what if... What if it? What if nobody steps up on Saturday? Or, but what if what if Paxton Lynch goes out there with the first team, and there's a seventy-yard touchdown drive and a and a sixty-five-yard touchdown drive? Yep. Well, then I think this. Then I think he edges in front, and the decision doesn't come this week. Mm-hmm. It comes. It comes the Monday after the Green Bay game. That's what I think. Yeah, because you can't have it open going into that preseason finale. No, no, no. Because in that case, then you want and. You don't want to play either of them in the in the preseason finale, probably. If maybe the Kyle Sloter show that night, it, it very well will likely be the Kyle Sloter show. And I, I, I just believe that if the Broncos go with Paxton, it's because they are close to overwhelmed by how good he is. Because you can go from Simeon to Lynch. If you start Trevor to begin the year, I think you you can go from Simeon to Lynch a whole lot more easily than you can going from Paxton to Simeon, because then it's like okay, when when is when do you make that move? Because you're dealing with a former first round pick and a guy that you are still hoping is your future franchise quarterback. Now, I'm not saying they wouldn't go from Paxton to Trevor. They're going to do whatever they need to do to win games. That makes things a whole lot murkier. I, I think yeah. just because of background and pedigree. I think it's it, and that's not fair, but that's the way life is in the NFL. Yeah. And I, I I firmly believe that. If if the Broncos start Paxton Lynch, you have to expect he's going to get a bigger leash of rough patches than I think Simeon would probably get. I mean, at some point, 
yeah, you got to win the games. And if Paxton's your guy and he's not producing, you don't just stay with it just because he's your former first-round pick. I think it's fascinating. And I, I, this is what I believe, and I have no way to verify it, so it's simply my opinion. I think in his mind, Vance Joseph has an idea of who's ahead, but I also think in his mind he's saying, I'm willing to be convinced otherwise. I'm willing to be convinced that it's the other guy. That's what I think. Well, either way. He has to have an idea of who he thinks is ahead right now. He has to. I mean, come on. We all have an opinion on that. We all have an opinion, but I think in order to let the competition play out, you have to keep that opinion to yourself. I, I agree with that, and he has kept it to himself. He has said, hey, it's an open competition, guys. He, he's been very, very honest, but I do think in his heart of hearts he has an opinion. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yes, and I do think when you make a decision, though, you got to get all in behind it. I mean. He said that but, again. But, to, yeah. He said that yesterday. Yeah, the old, the old, uh, you know, the old, the old story of uh, Cortez burning the boats. Yeah. You know? What you gotta do? We're here to stay. You know, don't, don't, don't give yourself any opportunity to go back. Just well, go. I think you're gonna keep Trevor Simeon yeah, if you pick I, Lynch. Yeah, but I mean, go. You've got to go all in. Yep. If, if Paxton Lynch is your choice, you go. You have to go all in. And you to, have to you, you commit, make the full commitment. And to me, all for this year. You, well, and find yeah, out. I, I agree, but I don't think that. All in, in in my way of thinking, includes no matter what we're going to play him because if you get off to a one and three start, I mean you can recover from that. I think you for pick whatever the record is. I don't think you stay with him if he's not playing well, over, and, and gets multiple opportunities. Well, bo- the first thing though you do is if if you're struggling early, you say okay, what do we do to get a game plan that works. And then what if that's how do we how do we massage the offense and right. figure out something that works? Again, we've talked about this with with Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy designed an offense that worked for Tim Tebow, and Tim Tebow was at best an inelegant passer of the football. That that is Paxton that is, Lynch yes. is miles beyond Tim Tebow Tim Tebow as a passer of the football. Indeed. Mason Mike with you on Orange and Blue 760. We are in Santa Clara. Broncos and 49ers on Saturday night in the second preseason game. 303-713-7600 is our phone number. At Mace Denver, hashtag Ask Mace. We'll get to mailbag questions a little bit later in the show. At M Rice KOA, at Orange Blue 760. After practice today, Vance Joseph talked about or talked with reporters, and the first question was about do you expect some of the scuffles that the two teams had today? Expect it, no, but it happened, and, you know, we don't – we didn't want that, but we got past it and finished practice. You know, both sides were being really competitive. Um, you know, it's it's football. It's a physical sport, so some of that stuff's going to happen, but both sides kind of caught their composure and was able to finish practice. So that's, that's, that's what's important there. It looked like to me you got a little bit more out of your offense today. I, I hope that's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yesterday wasn't wasn't perfect. It wasn't bad, but today was better. It was better. Um, the first time seeing that scheme, you know, so it takes time to kind of get adjusted to that scheme. You know, we're more of a man team, more of a match, tight coverage team, and that's more of a zone kind of 
you know, drop in, in certain spaces, you know, coverage teams. So it takes time to adjust. I want Paxson to relax and go out and play his game. You know, make good decisions, move the chains. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just score points. You know, simply it's that. You know, I don't want him to feel pressure. I want him to be himself and, uh, you know, be an athlete when it calls to be an athlete. Just play quarterback for us. Simple as that. I haven't seen every snap of practice, but right. I thought Paxton had maybe his best day today. Did you, were you impressed? Very impressed. Um, his best day, I'm not sure, but he made three or four big-time throws today. So he looked relaxed, and hopefully that carries over to Saturday. He's got a lower uh, back contusion. I guess he fell in practice a couple of days ago. Just irritated, nothing, nothing serious at all. Brandon Marshall not in team. Is he doing okay? Or? Brandon's fine. Brandon got a rib contusion yesterday, and uh, he's fine. Just being smart. Coach, all the injuries, yeah. the quarterback stuff that's yeah. going on. Give us a sense for how this camp has been for you. <clears throat> Obviously, a lot of challenges, but I think the camp it's it's been productive. You know, um, you know our our offensive line has gotten a lot better. You know, that was that was a major major goal for us. Uh, from the spring to now, you know, so that that part, in my opinion, has gotten better, you know, as as far as the run game and protections. Um, the overall camp, it's it's been a really good camp. You know, injuries happen. You know, um, I think when they happen, it, it's important. You know, it happened early, so we get most of our guys back before week one, and that's what's important. You know, so you, know, you can't stop the injuries, but when they happen, it's it, it's key, in my opinion. It's tough because, you know, as an assistant, you know, everyone says, well, next man up, it's your job to play. But as a head coach, you know, you feel responsible for keeping your team as healthy as possible. And, you know, old coach told me a long time ago, it's a, it's a talent, you know, keeping a team healthy. It's not accident. It's, it's, it's purpose, you know. So, you know, how you practice, when you practice, uh, when you pull off guys, um, that's, that's important. You know, we've, we've had some injuries where um, it's just been – you know, normal football contact. So some of those things you can't help, but I think how you practice is, is very important. Metalik's been a part of making that O-line better, but he's kind of brought that fire. But how do you have to kind of monitor that, make sure that fire doesn't become something that burns? And burns? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we want, to be, we want to be smart bullies. You know, we don't want, we don't want to be uh, idiots. You know, we don't want to get penalties to, to cost us big plays in the game, you know, and... You know, he's an emotional guy, you know, but he's also a tone setter. So it's a fine line. You know, even Bose, I mean, Bose is a guy with a serious edge. You know, so we want some of that, but we want to be smart bullies. You know, simple as that. You know, we want to be aggressive, but not hurt our football team with selfish penalties. Okay, when you're fighting a guy one on one, and that's your battle, and you hurt us, that's about that's about you, and that's selfish. We don't want that. Jamal Charles won't play. And Matt Paradis won't play. Emmanuel, I'm not sure yet. Um, he's a little sore, but he's better today. So I'm not sure yet on him. But those two guys won't play. 
and Demarcus Walker, he won't play. Cody, Cody uh, I'm not sure yet. He's feeling a lot better today. And again, if he's able to go, he will go. If he's still sore, probably not. Just being smart with, with those guys. But um, those three guys would definitely not play. The rest is up for debate tomorrow. Yes, yes, his MRI came back. Uh, it came back pretty normal, but he's, he's sore. Hopefully we can get him back and practice Monday or Tuesday, you know, in a game week next week for Green Bay. How would I gauge it? Um, very productive. You know, yesterday was really good. It was organized. You know, both teams comp was compliant with the rules that we put into place. Uh, today was a little chippy, but it's great work. You know, it's great work for us to see a different uh, color jersey and a different uh, kind of scheme on both sides of the ball. So it was very productive for us. When you see someone like Steven Ridley looks good in the tryout and then he makes it translate so well to the field uh -huh. and runs so hard. How proud are you? Of you mean Stephen Ridley? Ridley, yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm not surprised, you know, with Stephen. I mean, Stephen's been an NFL back. I mean, he's rushed for 1,200 yards in a season. So I'm not surprised that he is playing so well. I mean, he's healthy now, and that's that was Stephen's issue the last couple of years. But I'm not surprised. But he's a he's a pro's pro. I mean, he comes to work. He takes great notes. He's doing a good job for Brock. So he gets it. You know, he gets it. And and sometimes having some time off at home. You know, allows you to kind of take a step back and kind of realize you know, that's a pretty good job I had. Yeah. He's the backup punter. Yeah. Very simple. You know. No, no. You know, this this wasn't really live. It was more thud. You know, which is. You know, for the D-line, it's the same, but it wasn't live. Um, we're thinking for the uh, first defense, at least a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half max, you know, on both sides of the ball as far as the starters. And certain guys will play more, obviously, but for the starters, probably a quarter and a half. Okay, both quarterbacks will play the normal quarter and a half. Paxton's going to start. Trevor comes in uh, mid-second quarter, goes to the third, and he's done. Then Kyle will take over at fourth. Yesterday, John Lynch said that he wouldn't mind seeing more of these joint practices. How do you feel now after a couple days? I think it works for you if you can uh, if you can do it without the the fighting and the pushing and shoving. You know, it's 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 great work for teams to kind of see a different scheme and for players. You know, as far as the evaluation process, they have see guys versus uh, different guys each uh, each practice. So that's it helps in that way. But, you know, having more than one is sometimes tough as far as travel and, you know, who you're playing in preseason. So, you know, one's good with me right now and maybe two next year, but it, it's it's all good. Did you cut a period at the end? Did uh, we cut a period? No. No, it was a walkthrough that we scheduled that we stopped. Okay. So. and Jordan, a couple guys dinged up, got moved up. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They've both done good jobs. Jordan's been solid. Khalif's been really, really solid in all, you know, all phases of the game, you know, return game third down slot, so he's he's been impressive. Would it be difficult to keep two guys with that type of body type, Khalif and Isaiah, on a 53? No, no. You're keeping the best players, you know, and those guys, are, they both have their value, you know, in certain packages and certain uh, return opportunities, obviously. But um, no, it would not be. Okay. Yeah, All right, guys. Thank you, guys. That is Vance Joseph from post-practice. Mike Rice, Andrew Mason in Santa Clara here on Orange and Blue 760 at Mace Denver, hashtag Ask Mace, at MRiceKOA, at Orange Blue 760. What stood out from for you from Coach, Andrew? 
talking about Menelik Watson, talking mm-hmm. about talking about the fire that he plays with but wanting to make sure that it's careful. I like, I like the term smart bullies. Yeah, I like that too. Wants, you know, wants them to be aggressive, doesn't want them to be, in his words, idiots about. Pretty honest. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, just, you know, he just wants them to be careful, you know, in understanding that there's a fine line between, you know, you know, to use the parlance of, uh, of, of this is Spinal Tap, such a fine line between stupid and clever, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. 303-713-7600. Off to the phone lines. Wayne with us on Orange and Blue 760. Hi, Wayne. How you doing? Hey. Doing great. Great. Hey, Mace. I'm Mace Jr. out of uh, Oregon. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. Um, let's uh, – I'm going to go back to uh, this Paxton Lynch and the Niner situation. Okay. Here's the deal. I've been a Bronco fan for 70, since, since 1973. Okay. And 44 years this year. I follow my team just like you follow them on your job. Here's my question with Paxton Lynch. Even if he does well mm-hmm. come this Saturday, yeah. here's the deal. It's the Niners. 28 other teams will even do better unless they have a first-round draft point. He should be able to look good in this situation but does that really answer can he handle the packers can he handle dallas can he handle new england can he handle kc oakland we can go on and on with our schedule well i mean this is the this is what you've got to work with i mean so maybe that's one reason why you don't decide the competition after this game exactly but if he does do well then you keep it open, and then if you split the reps another week, then find out what he does against Green Bay. Here's my question, too, also, in regards to John Elway. I had known John Elway. He came to my station when Jack was, you know, the head coach at San Jose State. I've known him. I've followed his career throughout. I think he made a bad decision based on a Kubiak situation offense when he picked up Paxton Lynch. Paxton has never thrown anything from underneath center. His high school was all shotgun. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. College was all shotgun. So it was a demental, uh, um, um, you know, uh, to train him to three, four years take over a system. But that system has changed. So where does that leave John? 
Well, I, I think, think yeah. I think he should be like a Belichick and cut his losses. Maybe after this year, because I don't see him having the mentality. He don't have the mental game. If you watch him throw, well, everything he learned this summer from the quarterback coach, you know that he's known for years and years. He will complete two out of three, and the third one he'll drop his arm two inches. Ball goes high. His feet work. I, I don't know. He just, to me, doesn't have the mental game at this point. Right. Not to start Simeon. Let, let me ask you this, Wayne. By your logic, Aaron Rodgers would be playing for a different team and not the Green Bay Packers right now. Okay, and I agree because, with that. He, okay. he took three or four years yes. behind far to learn the system. And I think, with, and honestly, I think a lot more quarterbacks that come out of college are going to look like, they're going to look more like Paxton Lynch than finished products because more of them are coming out of schemes that look like the one that Lynch ran at the University of Memphis, these spread-type offenses, because you go down to high school as well. That's what they're running. And if and either the NFL is going to have to run offenses that resemble more of these high school and college schemes, or everyone's going to have to accept that these quarterbacks are going to have longer developmental times when they get to this next level. I mean, this is not, not just true for quarterbacks. It's something that's an issue with tackles as well. I mean, I'm, I, I'm hearing about this uh, just from, from coaches and scouts quite a bit, that the tackles that are coming out of the college ranks right now, they're struggling because so many of them, they're not, they're not operating in a three-point stance on a regular basis unless they go to a school like Wisconsin or Alabama where they're still running a, a pro-style offense. Most of these guys are in spread-type schemes and they don't operate in a three-point stance, and they have to learn that when they get to this level. So it's not just something that's a quarterback issue. It's also a tackle issue. Yeah, it does go down to college, you know. Yeah. Look, look at our Oregon ex-coach who went to Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wayne, let, let me just pick up on one thing, though, because I want to sound you out. And I agree that we have. you are totally right in that we haven't seen a lot of things from Lynch yeah. We just don't know. I mean, how good can he be? Can he acclimate to being under center on a regular basis? We don't know. But but you have to be able to find out. And sometimes finding out takes a little time. So where do you draw the balance before you just say, okay, you cut your losses. But, I mean, a year or two down the road, even if it takes four years, I mean, you still are, you're running the risk. Don't you have to find out for sure and exhaust all the possibilities you think exist before you cut your losses. Actually, I think that's bad timing right now. If you look at the window of our defense and what we could possibly be, that's well. But you, but but right now, there's no other realistic option other than Lynch and Simeon. Those are your guys. So if you're cutting your losses on Lynch, you're saying Simeon's my guy with this defense. Um, I'm saying the players trust him because they had they went to war with him. Okay, they know him. But 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 you're off topic. My question is, are you willing to run the risk of cutting a future franchise quarterback that you already have two years invested in? Um, with John, yes, I am because he'll find the quarterback out there. Okay, fair enough, Wayne. We appreciate the call. Thank you much. Three zero three seven one three seventy six hundred. I mean, I mean, Andrew, I I get it. I mean that that's an option the Broncos have if they really feel like Simeon has beaten out Lynch, if that becomes the call and it's obvious enough to where that's the decision, 
I don't know that that is going to happen, but certainly that's, uh, I, I think every option is talked about and thought about. I really do. And every player has a value. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, even even Vaughn Miller has a value that if a team called with, say, a trade offer that you'd, that you'd think about. Now, not that you'd ever really want to trade Vaughn Miller, but every but every player on every team has a value. Yep. Some of them are extreme. Like, <laughs> hey, Vaughn Miller value, Vaughn Miller's value would be oh, basically your entire draft class and your firstborn. You might be able to get away without the firstborn. <laughs> it's pretty high. Yeah. I'm uh, just saying. That's, you know, I if if Trevor wins this job, I don't know that I would predict the Broncos to pack it in. Well, certainly not this year. Lynch would presumably be the backup, right? I mean, he would be the guy that that would be in in waiting should something happen to Trevor. But I don't know that that would signify they're giving up on Lynch. And, yeah, we're going to know yeah. when the Broncos give up on Lynch when they give up on him. Until then. You have to figure they're going to hope that he turns it and figures it out. Did, weren't we all sitting here in April, May, and May of 2016 talking about how Paxton Lynch was anywhere from a uh, a one- to three-year project? Yes, at least one. See, I, that, how, how many months are we removed from that? We're not anywhere near three years yet. We're at uh, roughly 16 months. Well, yeah. 16 months from when he was drafted. Yes, exactly. But But – not yeah. even not even 12 months from when the regular season of last year started. Exactly. So I think everyone needs to step back from the legs a little bit. I well put, my friend. I completely agree. That's that's Andrew Mason. I'm Mike Rice. We are in Santa Clara. There's more to come. Continue to break down the quarterback situation on Orange and Blue 760. 760. All Broncos all the time. Mike Rice, Andrew Mason in Santa Clara. Broncos and 49ers preseason game number two on Saturday night on the sister station. KOA News Radio starting at five, kickoff at eight. Mace, are you are you bopping out or are you rocking out? I was bopping. Yeah, I that's what I thought. We uh, we I haven't cut we haven't had that as the bumper music coming back. That was different. I like it. Well there I your request has in your opinion. I like that, I, I like the variety on it. Has, so, it has a little something different. Has been made known. 303-713-7600. Off to Florida. Christopher is there. Hey, Christopher, you're with Mason Mike. Oh, we lost Christopher. Okay, well, Christopher, if you want to give a call back, feel free. 303-713-7600. At Mace Denver. Hashtag Ask Mace. At M. Rice KOA. At Orange Blue 760. Where do you think the quarterback situation stands right now i mean i still say trevor simeon's in the lead but uh it's still open for i mean it's still open for debate and i think uh i think paxton lynch has a chance to to move the needle a bit a bit saturday night i think this is it's his shot and i i think vance joseph keeps like saying over and over relax said that yesterday as press conference he said it again today Relax. Just be yourself. Play your game. You know, I, think I thought he was talking to the rest of us and every and all of Broncos country. Probably <laughs> I'm just kidding. He, I'm just kidding. Yeah. 
No, I was saying about Paxson. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he probably stopped short of doing the Aaron Rodgers thing and spelling out the word R-E-L-A-X. But, yeah, just settle down, play your game, be yourself. See what happens. Play to your strengths. Trust I, trust your receivers. You're going to, you know, now Emmanuel Sanders may not play, but hey, you're still going to be throwing to Demarius Thomas. You're going to throw to Jordan Taylor, who, as we've seen, can catch everything. You'll throw to Benny Fowler, who's had a lot of nice catches this summer. You'll have C.J. Anderson out of the backfield. Steven Ridley, D'Angelo Henderson, those guys have made plays. Mm-hmm. Trust yourself. Maybe... Maybe maybe work yourself into a uh, Ty Webb like Zen. Whoa! Be the ball. Phil Jackson like Zen. <laughs> I don't know. Always you, be the ball. I don't know that you'd want to go there. <laughs> Why it worked well? Well, yeah, when he had Michael Jordan, it worked pretty well. And Kobe and Shaquille O'Neal. Exactly. Three zero three seven one three seventy six hundred. Are you of the mind that Lynch has closed the gap in the last two days? Maybe he's he's clo- he's gotten a little bit closer. I think he's helped his cause, and I think he's helped his confidence. I'd, I'll say the last two days, I've seen a more confident passer. I think, I agree. and I do think, n- staring across the line of scrimmage, and not seeing Von Miller, Chris Harris Jr., Akib Talib, Darian Stewart, Brandon Marshall, T.J. Ward. Of course, he's been hurt the last couple of weeks. I think looking across the line of scrimmage and not seeing those guys has helped him. How could it not? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah really? that's in you, you see those you see those guys, those titans of pass defense. It's daunting. And no offense to the 49ers, but uh, uh they don't have Vaughn Miller. No, they don't have they don't have guys that are in the class of those Broncos that I mentioned. Let me just say it right now. Nobody else has Vaughn Miller. He is, he, uh, Andrew, he's generational. Well, where are the, yeah, the 49ers don't have three all pros involved in pass coverage and pass rush. Simple as that. I don't Bron- know. The Broncos they, have three all pros. I don't know that the 49ers have three all pros on their roster, period, right now. They don't. Maybe someday. Again, no offense. I think Reuben Reuben Foster has a chance to someday get there. I I would agree with that. Um, I think Solomon Solomon Thomas Thomas has a chance to someday get there, but they're not. But not right now. He's a long, long way off. Six-year contracts for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Got him for a reason. Yes, been saying that. Been saying that a lot. And and when the long way they they have they've their franchise has a lot of potential. They, I think they'll get somewhere with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, but they're a long way off, and I would be shocked if they do anything but finish in last place this year. I would be shocked if they did not go out and draft a quarterback next year. I would be shocked. Absolutely, totally, 100% stunned. Brian Hoyer's had some moments the last couple of days, I, though. I, I understand that, but I, I, think the four, I think the 49ers are going to go out and draft I suppose they could sign, you know, acquire. A, they could an sign Kirk Cousins. Yeah, they and an and now there's a lot of rumors about them signing Kirk. Cousins. Yes, and that may happen, and they may still draft a young guy that they can bring along. 
I would or they continue bringing along C.J. Beathard, in whom they appear to have very high hopes. I would be stunned if the 49ers didn't go out and acquire a quarterback next year. Well, no, I think they could acquire Kirk Cousins and develop C.J. Beathard is what I'm saying. GM John Lynch around the corner. It's Orange and Blue 760 from Santa Clara. Mason Mike back in a moment. This is Orange and Blue 760. All Broncos, all the time. KDSP Thornton, KRFX HD2 Denver, K300CP Denver. Come here, finish this! The Broncos are going to the Super Bowl. Snap to Elway. The look, the throw. Touchdown! John Elway up over the 50,000 yard mark. There it is! Terrell Davis! 2,000 yards! Davis kick. It's a wide drive. It's got enough distance. This is Orange and Blue 760. All Broncos, all the time. Halfway through from Santa Clara, along with Andrew Mason, Mike Rice with you on Orange and Blue 760 as we continue to break down what we have been seeing at the joint practices with the 49ers. Two days of those practices, Mace. And now, not a day off tomorrow, but... No public availability, no media availability. It's it's basically a Saturday during the regular season when the team has a closed walkthrough and they really get down to the final prep work for the game on Saturday. Fine by me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. No, it gives a chance for everybody to kind of breathe a little bit. Yep. Hey, by the way, uh, we're gonna we're gonna expand a little bit. Talk a couple of. Talk a particular NFL issue. We're going to hear from GM John Lynch. He spoke with Steve Atwater and Brandon Cristal earlier today on Broncos Blitz here on Orange and Blue 760. Mace's mail, Mason's mailbag is coming up later on. Hashtag Ask Mace. At Mace Denver is Andrew's Twitter handle. I'm at, at MRiceKOA. Also at Orange Blue 760. Players Association Director Demora Smith told the MMQB, Peter King's terrific site, mm-hmm. in a video interview posted today, this is the head of the NFL Players Union now. He's the guy. He is the union chief that he expects a work stoppage when the league's current collective bargaining agreement expires in 2021, quote, I think the likelihood of either a strike or a lockout is almost a virtual certainty, end quote. Now, the PA has clashed with the league over player discipline. Tom Brady, Adrian Peterson, Ezekiel Elliott, the latest case. And the NFL alleges the union was releasing details of Elliott's accusers text messages in order to discredit her the PA responding by calling those accusations a lie the previous CBA was agreed upon in 26 20 or 2006 the owners opted out of the agreement in 2008 it expired in March of 2011 after a one-week extension of negotiations failed to result in a new agreement and of course there were replacement players uh, in 1987 Smith was asked whether he expected there would be missed games if a work stoppage happens in 2021. This is his quote. 
I don't know now, but I mean, let's look at our history. The owners do a deal in 06, opt out in 08. We do a deal in 2011 with no opt-outs because we like the benefits under the current deal and we didn't want to give the owners an opportunity to opt out and take back the gains we currently have. If there is no renegotiation of the collective bargaining agreement and we reach 2021, there is no uncapped year, right? Because the last time we went through it, we found out the owners lied and cheated about the uncapped year. Mm. So why? So would I do that again? All of the mutual benefits that were supposed to happen as a result of the opt-out didn't happen last time. Owners colluded with each other, and we found out they colluded with each other. And all of the bad things that went to the players happened. And none of the bad things that went to the went to the owners happened. So we have a new deal where if it doesn't get fixed, you head into a certain small A Armageddon. Now, first of all, the fact that he's saying it's a virtual certainty... Doesn't surprise me. In fact, he I, has to say that. Well, I, it's honestly, leverage. I feel the same way. I, I've been expecting that there that there would be a work stoppage at some point in 2021. Now the que- the question is whether it ends up costing any games because the only game that was lost to a work stoppage in 2011 was the Hall of Fame game, a yeah, preseason they- game. So, in effect, all we lost basically nothing of val- of real, tangible value to the lockout in 2011. Okay, let's, let's take... When you think about it. Right, and I agree with that. Let's take a step back, too, and realize what's going on here. The posturing is already beginning. Oh, yes. So, don't be fooled and don't be alarmed. Just because he says this... Smith is trying to, on the one hand, shed light upon, from his perspective, and maybe even pressure, publicly put some sort of pressure onto the owners in order to get certain things that he knows his constituents, the members of the Players Union, the players themselves, are going to want. And maybe the biggest thing, as you aptly pointed out in our conversation the other night, Andrew, is guaranteed contracts, Mm -hmm. something along those lines. We have all marveled at the fact that the NFL doesn't have those and that basketball and baseball and hockey do. And the NFL players, I, I think, are going to say, whoa, time out. Now it's our turn. Well, look at, this, the, look at what we see on social media from players every time July 1 hits and you have NBA free agency. And you always get players reacting about the contracts that are thrown around in the NBA. It's like, dang, look who got this. Oh, yeah. And and you even see it, and you'll see it, and, and, and you see it to a lesser degree when it's November and December, in part when, when you see the baseball contracts, in part because it's the thick of the NFL regular season. So, and So attention is distracted, in part because probably there are more NFL players that are closely following in the NBA than the... the With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Major League Baseball. But that being said, I'm sure that in in twenty in November, December twenty eighteen, when Bryce Harper signs his mega deal with Say you know if, if he leaves Washington and signs with the Yankees or the Phillies or whoever, that you're going to ha- if he doesn't stay with Washington, that you're going to have guys saying, "Whoa, yeah, four hundred million for Bryce Harper." Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and Bryce Harper, you know, after he gets his deal, might say that about somebody else who gets a big deal right. too. But or uh, or to th- closer to home. If no, if let's say let's say the Rockies can get a long term deal done with Nolan Arenado. At some point, it's going to be thirty million a year plus. You think that you you think that when that contract's done, there's not going to be some reaction in the Broncos locker room at the money that's thrown around? Of course, yeah, of course, and 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 that's going to be, but but that's going to be the case even if the NFL players had get guaranteed contracts in the future. Here here's here's what but I, they are, but that's that, that's the way you know that's the yes. that's human nature. Yes. They, that's every, my point. That's that's in any business. Yes, whether it's sports, you know. Digital media or otherwise, you know, you look at what someone else is is getting and say, why am I not getting that? That's that's how we operate. Okay, here's here's the the thing that I find. And again, I realize it's posturing. I realize it's at some level bluster and and it's it. it, I don't know how much it really means other than he said it and Mm -hmm. it's worth discussing because it is a pertinent issue. No doubt about it. But. When he says, so we have a new deal where if it doesn't get fixed, you head into a certain small A Armageddon, meaning it's going to get messy and things are going to get, it's a doomsday scenario. But But the world's not going to end. I guess that's the big A Armageddon. Right, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly right. But my, my, my disdain for that, and I'm not taking the side of the owners because I, you know, the owners have their interests, and they're they're not always. Um, I mean, they're they're after their interests, just like the players are after theirs. But you agreed to the deal in 2011, and now you're saying, "Well, if this deal doesn't get fixed, well, you know, I'm sorry, but look ahead a little bit more, a little bit better, and get a deal that doesn't need to be fixed for the next ten years. If that's re- if you really." It does. It doesn't need to get fixed. That implies that you didn't get everything you want, and now you're going to hold out for the things that you really want this time. I, Andrew, that stuff just drives me up a wall. Well, in any situation, I mean, you have to be willing to hold out and potentially sacrifice paychecks. If you know, you're willing to do that, you have all kinds of leverage. Exactly. I don't think players are willing to do that for weeks on end. I, I will. N- I will never believe that till I see it. Well, I mean, in the 1987, in the 1987 strike, you had the replacement players brought in, mm-hmm. and you had play, and, and regular players were crossing the picket line, right? And 
the decision to use replacement players, you know, eventually it broke down the union and then a deal was made. So, yeah, you know, solid, you know, solidarity is the key. You have to be, you know, willing to, if 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 you're on the union side of it, you have to be willing to go all the way with it. And it, and that's and that's the big and that's the big question. And look, I mean, nobody wants to lose a season. Nobody wants no. to lose regular season games. I mean, one one of the points of pride that the NFL has is the fact that it has gone the longest of any of the four major professional sports without losing regular a regular season game to a work stoppage. I mean, the NHL lost an entire season uh, just you know just over a decade ago. You know the NBA had a short had a short season a few years ago. Major League Baseball back in 1994 lost a World Series. The NFL you have to go all the way back to 1987 for the last regular season game that it lost week three was yep. lost uh, to the strike. And I know that's something that, that in which has a great deal of pride. And for all the saber rattling and all the posturing, if a D, yeah, the 2021 off season and maybe even the 2021 preseason and training camp may be rough, but you know what? I go back to 2011 and yeah, free agency was compressed and it was done during training camp basically. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know, there were some, there, there, there were some chemistry issues at times early in the season throughout the league, but the season was, rel as I recall, the season was relatively unaffected. So, you know, I, I just, we'll see. I find that when one side signs a deal, to me that signifies an agreement, at least with a good portion of the deal, enough of the deal to feel good about signing it. You might not get everything you want, but you got enough apparently because you agreed to the deal. And now some six years later, we're getting the, well, if the deal isn't fixed, then it's Armageddon. Well, Demora Smith is not helping his clientele by taking that approach. I, I just, you put yourself in the light of, we didn't get what we want, this time we're gonna get what we want. I mean, why'd you sign the deal if now it, if if it's so bad now that it has to be fixed or it's small a Armageddon? I mean, Andrew, this is just it's. And I'm not saying there aren't legitimate concerns. I'm not saying times don't change. Of course they do. But you can't come out and say this. It's anybody who can't see through it. And again, I'm not saying there aren't aren't issues to discuss. They've got to work on the collective bargaining agreement, of course. This doesn't accomplish anything. We we've seen when you back owners well, into a corner. I I I just I mean we're it, four years out. I, I mean hold let, on. Let, it, let's not posture to this degree at this juncture. It 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 may not accomplish something on the surface, but it may accomplish something with the with the players. If you start saying these things now and start telling guys, okay, this is serious. This might happen. The only way, if you're going to create a situation where you have a union that is willing to go all the way and sacrifice paychecks, sacrifice regular season games and sacrifice paychecks, then the saving and the preparation has to start 
as soon as and, possible. And that that does not have to be communicated publicly through the media. It can be con- it can be communicated well, it, to your constituents. But and, you're also prepared. But also maybe you're trying to get the public on your side well, and prepare of the public. Of course you are. But we're four years out, man. I mean, we're not. It's not like it's next year. Th- this agreement. Get everyone ready. I, I, okay, I get that, but. Uh, but I, I so it doesn't so it doesn't blindside people. Well, okay, so two years wouldn't blind. I mean, two years. I mean, hey, I, 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 again, I just think this is poor form. I, I don't think, I, I don't think four years out you need to be ringing the alarm bell like because here's what it is: you're crying wolf, in a sense. Not that you wouldn't actually go through with it. Of course they would go through with it, but I, I, I just think it's too soon. I, I, I think this is just poor form. You don't need to do this. Look, everybody who's involved in these negotiations knows what the situation is. They know the players are serious. And if you can't if this is what it takes to convince your constituents, you've got a communication issue. And look, both sides if if there is a work stoppage that costs that that costs regular season games, I think we can all agree both sides lose. Absolutely both sides lose. The owners, you know, for as rich as they are and is in most cases really good businessmen that they are, they need the product. And there's <laughs> they and, need the product. Yeah, the, the product helps. And look, there is. I, I I just spoke of the value of going thirty years, and by then, it, and by the twenty twenty season, it will be thirty. You know, it will be thirty three years without losing a game, a regular season game, to a labor issue. If I'm a, that, there's yeah. v- there's value in that. There and 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 I think maybe from Demar Smith's perspective. Maybe part of it is trying to educate the public because, hey, if you're a if you're a 32 year old football fan in 2020, you literally do not know what this is like. Only old fogies like you and I, yes. Mike, remember. I mean, I I don't I had I I was six years old at the 82 strike. I don't really have much memory of that, but I remember the 87 strike. I remember I remember going to the replace. I remember going to the replacement games in Tampa when they were about. 22,000 people there and there was one I remember that I remember actually the one guy for the Bucks who crossed the picket line in 87 uh, the late Dan Turk yeah yeah I I don't doubt the serious nature of the issue I don't doubt the importance of and the need to to talk about a new CBA even now I don't I don't doubt the need to tell your constituents, i.e., Demore Smith, telling the players your problem is they made it public today. Yeah, I, I just the, if I'm a if I'm a player rep, I, I'm I'm picking up the phone and I, or if I'm a player, I'm talking to my teammate, my player rep, and going, what is he doing this for right now? I mean, can't we can't we try and get a, a certain amount of progress before we're we're going public and saying. It's it's Armageddon. Maybe there's no progress. Well, maybe there isn't. And but do you think this is going to maybe get, that's part of the point? But of do it. you think this is going to get the owners making progress four years out? Do you think his no. going public is all of a sudden? You know, Jerry Jones is saying, "Oh my goodness." I think Jerry Jones has got other things to worry about. You know right what now. I'm saying, though. Do you think <laughs> Arthur Blank is going? Oh, he's trying to get Chick Fil A <laughs> open on Sunday. <laughs> It, well, I mean, no, he's got, the, he's got the closed on Sunday sandwich that stay that's also going to be there, so Chick Fil A can be closed at Mercedes Benz Stadium. <laughs> we and haven't it's even all okay. talked about. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! Look, I I just think, I, hey, don't get me wrong. 
the NFL, I mean, they've got to figure this out. I think they will figure it out because both sides need each other and, and again, they need they, the product. They got this figured out back in, yes. in, in 2011. They'll you get know, it figured they got out it, again. They got it figured out and not and, and saved and saved even saved training camp. Think about that. I mean, they saved tra- saved training camp and then on schedule the, the Broncos walked onto the practice field and people and people were at what was then before it was known as the UC Health Training Center. People were, you know, amid the trees and all that watching practice just like any other year. And the only difference was that you had Willis McGahee walking in as a free agent, you know, two or three days in a training camp. Yeah. But somehow that all worked out, and he had a nice little 1,000-yard season and went to the Pro Bowl despite having to get used to that offense during training camp. I mean, it, you know, it, it all worked. And so if there's, if there's a lockout or a strike in the offseason and the offseason looks markedly different, I think we know after 2011 it's not the end of the world. Right. As it, the, the big thing is as long as it doesn't cost you regular season action, that's and then once it costs you regular season games, yeah, that's when I have a problem. Because hey, you know, I, I'm as you know, I'm a huge baseball fan. It, I don't, you know, the '95 season, my Atlanta Braves won, and I was very happy. But I can tell you, I didn't enjoy that baseball season all that much, like I probably should have, because I was still angry over the '94 strike and the World Series being canceled. Very I don't, angry. I don't, it took me a while to get over that. I don't think it will come to that. These two sides need each other too badly. I just don't see any benefit to going public with this kind of dramatic verbiage at this point. It makes no sense to me. We'll discuss this more. We've got thoughts from John Lynch next on Orange and Blue 760. Omaha! Let's go! What a throw by Peyton Manning! You're listening to Orange and Blue 760. This is Peyton Manning. Make room for the new king. Broncos on three. One, two, three. Orange and Blue 760. Mike Rice, Andrew Mason with you from Santa Clara as we continue on Orange and Blue 760. We'll pick up more conversation on the threatened work stoppage four years from now. Storm clouds on the horizon. They are well. No, they're they're not on the horizon. They're overhead. They're brewing. They're according to according to Demoris. Actually, I wouldn't even say they're on the horizon. I would say right now, this is the equivalent of a uh, a tropical wave. Uh, you know, like off the Cape Verde Islands right now, mm-hmm. and you know maybe maybe it forms into a hurricane. But I mean, you're you're sitting on the Atlantic coast right now and. Uh, you're on the South Carolina coast or the North Carolina coast, and you know maybe it forms into a hurricane, and maybe it it hits the you know it, it maybe it, it tracks just right and it threatens you, but uh, the odds you know a lot has to happen between now and and then. Here's or he, then and now. Here's the analogy I'll use since Demora Smith used small a Armageddon. I think right now. Demora Smith is Billy Bob Thornton trying to find out who is Bruce <laughs> Willis is that's going to blow up the asteroid. Oh. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Well, the other thing I'll say is the old the old Calvin Coolidge analogy. If you have ten problems rolling down the street towards you, nine of them are going, going to be in the ditch before they get to you. Now, that tenth one, you're going to have to worry about it when it comes. But the point is, don't worry about all the ones that yeah. that couldn't get it. You, you worry about it when it comes to you. Not when it's all the way one of those ten things that might be a problem yes. 
way down down the street. You worry about it when it gets to you, and we're not at that point right now. It's 2017. And just one more time, I'm not saying there aren't issues to work out. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not putting my head in the sand and saying, oh, there's no possible way they'll, you know, th- there won't be a work stoppage. No, there very well could be. There, it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly, and then I think it's gonna get figured out. Coming out and saying we're headed towards a small A Armageddon if the deal that we agreed to six years ago doesn't get fixed in four years from now is just is just irresponsible. That uh, it, it and it accomplishes nothing right now. Absolutely nothing other than to me putting the players and and the the union in a bad light and there's no need to do that right now there's a time to get urgent there's a time to even go nuclear or whatever but but now is not that time it's just silly all right on to other things as earlier today brandon Cristal and steve atwater hosts of broncos blitz from one to three on orange and blue 760 Caught up with an old friend, really, former Broncos safety, former Buccaneers safety, Broncos Ring of Famer, Bucks member or member of the Bucks Ring of Honor, John Lynch, who's now the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. You're actually the first GM that we've had on our new show here on the Broncos Blitz. I don't know why John Elway refuses to talk to Steve Atwater, but, <laughs> but, but John Lynch, Broncos Ring of Famer, with another Broncos Ring of Famer, uh, Steve Atwater, and myself, Brandon Cristal here. Uh, how's things going so far now that y'all have been playing football for a few weeks? Because we, we saw you the owners' meetings and, yeah. and, and all that good stuff. But how, how are things? And, and at your uh, charity event, too. Uh, yeah, you know, this is why you do it. You, you spend all that time in the offseason, and then you put the, the product on the field. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled this thing came together. It was down at the Combine when VJ and, uh, and John came up to me and said, hey, we, would you guys like to scrimmage? And, you know, we did it last year. Uh, we'd like to come out to your place this year. We got some concerts or whatever. And I said, hey, we're all over that. Let me talk to Kyle. And, at, you know, uh, it's such valuable work, you know, because you get used to your, your own team. Oh, and guys. you know their audibles. They know your stuff. And, <laughs> you're, you know, you, and this is real football. You're playing against new competition. Does it get a little chippy from time to time? Yes, but I, th- I still think the last two days, really productive work and good competition. And, um, you know, for us, that, that's a playoff-ready team. We're not there yet, um, but we're going to compete. And uh, so I was proud of the way we competed and, uh, you know, really, really good work. And I know the Broncos feel that way as well. Yeah. Uh, we were talking to a couple of our guys from yesterday because offensively yesterday I felt like our guys came out I won't say they came out uh, flat, but yeah. you guys came out and basically yeah. punched us in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we felt like we picked yeah. it up today and, and yeah. had a much better practice. Well, I felt like VJ talked to him last night because uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a different energy. And, well, I was going to ask, yeah. did you talk to your team beforehand? Say, hey, yeah. man, last year, you yeah. know, things went a certain way. Well, I leave that to Kyle, but Kyle's got him well prepared, you know, and and uh, you know this is a great barometer for us, a great measuring stick because we know this is a playoff-ready team in Denver, and like I said, we're coming off a two and fourteen team uh, year. We've overhauled our roster. We, we're really proud of the culture we're building, the the, the effort guys are competing with. Yeah. Um, but we got to keep building it, and uh, it's a it's great to stack up against a team like the Broncos. And you know, I think you're right. I think yesterday, you know, we did pretty well, and today they came out and I think controlled us for the most part. Steve Atwater went and played his final year with the Jets and had to play a game in Denver. Yeah. You obviously have been removed from the game. 
But I got to think that whenever you play the Bucks or the Broncos, I get this is preseason and Saturday is really not going to matter, and that's why practices like this make a lot of sense. But is it a little weird? I mean, you're such good friends with John. Yeah. You're a ring of famer. The organization, you have so many people that you're tight with. Yeah. Is it, is it, was it a little weird? I mean, or are you all no, Niners all the it, time and you're able to kind of just every now and then you forget which team you're on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging out at one point. I was hanging out with all the different guys. Whoa, I'm over there. <laughs> so, uh, um, but look, it, I, you know, for all the people, you know, because some people will come up to me sometimes and say, hey, would you sign a Broncos jersey? Of course I will. That was a right. big part of who I am. And, uh, you know, at some point I wanted to. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Do this, and, and there's another guy named John who had the job and is doing really well at it. So yeah. uh, I had to go find someplace else. And, and uh, you know, you, 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 you struggle with that. But, you know, what I found here was a place, uh, Steve, you know it. There was a time where the 49ers were the organization. Yeah. It was the standard for the way you oh, do well. things first class. We got the brakes yeah. beat off us in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, yeah, so I know place, And so the opportunity to bring that back to glory, um, that intrigued me. It intrigued Kyle. And so we're thrilled to be a part of it. Now, John, as a former player, now a general manager, yeah. what are some things about being a general manager that uh, you didn't expect or, you, yeah. you know, in, in a good way? You yeah. know, you, well, John did a pretty good job of preparing me. He said, look, the football stuff, you're going to be fine. You know football, and you're going to put some good people around you for the procedural stuff. But I just think the totality of the job, the stuff that comes by your desk, all you want to do is watch football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think after you get the culture, you know, set, and that, that takes a little while. Then you can really focus on that. But there's a lot that, you know, anything that happens from the business side, this is a football organization. At some point, it's going to touch the football side of things. And when you're trying to establish the way we want, we believe is going to help help us become a championship team, you got to be involved in everything. So I think just, you know, like John said, hey, I wasn't joking. You know, they weren't joking when they said general in general manager because you touch a lot of different things and uh, a lot of different situations. And that's important that you do. But uh, I think that's probably what surprised me most. John Lynch, our guest, Broncos Ring of Famer, along with Steve Outwater, another Broncos Ring of Famer. In a second, I'm going to ask both of you all about the Hall of Fame. But I want to ask one more football question because it comes on the heels of your press conference yesterday. Yeah. And a lot of Denver media was in there uh, and caught, caught that. You talked about how maybe this is an opportunity to look at the Broncos and if a deal makes sense. You already traded for Capri Bibbs draft, draft night. Now I'm looking at your roster thinking – there's not a receiver over 6'1 <laughs> that I saw. The Broncos have nothing but receivers over 6'1, yeah. save for Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, so I know you'd have to come out and, and say, yeah, we're keeping an eye on that. But that ha- that's to be nice when you can see 90 other guys yeah. and think, hey, if you're going to cut them, we'd rather give you a seventh before, yeah. and before they hit the street. It's a great opportunity for John to look at our – I mean, you're, you're always studying other rosters because this is – it's fluid. It's not a static league. It's uh, it's fluid and the injuries and things. And, and so, uh, you know – 
I'm sure they're looking at our guys. We're looking at theirs. You can have conversations. Uh, I think the relationship only helps because you, you trust the other side, that they're going to be honest with you. And I, we both want each other to do well. And so, But we also have to look out for the best interests of our organization. So it's a great opportunity with 90 guys on each side yeah. to kind of take a look at different groups and, and start to have some conversations. All right, and then uh, I don't really even know how to set this up, but I've talked to you about this. I've talked to Brian Dawkins, who still lives in Denver, talked to him at the Combine about it. I've talked to Steve almost once every three days about the <laughs> Hall of Fame. it up. Yeah. Yeah. to the Hall of Fame. But what the hell is it going to take? What the heck is it going to take, pardon my language, to get you badass safeties and then the other yeah. three that are coming? I mean, well, Dawkins, Palomalu, and Ed Reed, we, we all feel good about Ed yeah. Reed's chances. Y'all need gold jackets. Like, why is this taking so long? I don't know. It's something about that position. And I, I think a, a large part of it is it's a position. There's certain positions where it's hard to quantify with numbers, you know. Certain guys like Ronnie Lott had the interceptions, and so that's a slam dunk. But some of it is just your impact on the game. I watched this guy. He impacted the game. The other team better knew where 27 was. Same thing with Brian Dawkins. Um, and so from a number standpoint, it's hard to say, okay, this guy belongs, you know. And, and so um, – and I think a big part of it, a lot of these voters are so young, they didn't watch us play. So they're in there voting. They never saw us play. So they're listening to other people. And uh, But, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in the importance of that position because you can have a hand in so many different aspects of the game. That's what I loved about the position. At times you were covering receivers. At times you were a linebacker. At times you're rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. And so I think all that they're asked to do, I think, uh, you know, one thing I, I, I never want to be out there trumpeting my own case, yeah. but I do want to trumpet the case for the position because I think the importance in the game is so is is so uh, is so critical that I think more belong. Yeah, I agree. And I, I get that question all the time. You know, hey, what about uh, you and John Lynch and Brian Dawkins? And no, normally those three. And of right. course, you know, Troy Polamalu and uh, Ed Reed, who yeah, I, I they're going to be fine, be yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. especially. Ed yeah. Reed. Um, yeah, no but doubt. I always say, hey. If either of us gets in, I'm happy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Because well, so like Kenny Easily this year. Yeah, yeah. right. Kenny, I was really thrilled for Kenny. And, and he brought you guys both up in his in his speech. Yeah, yeah. that was nice. That was nice. So if John goes in, I'll be there with you. And I'll be there with you. <laughs> you well, John, we know you got plenty of work to do. We really appreciate yeah. the time. Thanks for being our first GM. Maybe we can get yeah. the other GM on. Thanks. Congrats on point. your show, guys. Yeah, I'm thanks. excited for you. Yeah, we're, we're excited. You've always been one of my favorite guys to talk yeah. to. So we are certainly pulling for the thanks, 49ers when they're not playing the playing the Broncos. That's John Lynch with Steve Atwater and Brandon Cristal earlier today on Orange and Blue 760. One of my favorite players, and more than that, Mace, just a tremendous person. And I think the San Francisco 49ers are in great hands. I think that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan will be the ones who – I mean, it, it, it. you can't predict, you know, they're going to build a dynasty like the 49ers used to have. But I, I know this. Over the next few years, they're going to be better. They're going to be more competitive. They're going to be tougher, and ultimately they're going to win more games. And, and I think the future of the 49ers is really bright in spite of where, they're, where they have been, where they are currently, but it's bright because of the leadership at those two positions, GM and head coach. I firmly believe that. It, I firmly believe that as well now. They know they have a long sure they road do. to hoe, and it was interesting to hear Sean uh, Leach kind of talk about, you know, where they saw the Broncos and kind of where they see their own team. Clearly they know that they are at an embryonic stage yes. of their development. And they they don't have any illusions that this is a playoff team. They, they know what they are. They're realistic about it. 
they have six-year contracts for a reason. Mm -hmm. They insisted on six-year contracts for a reason, both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Um, They've sought a lot of advice from a lot of people who know what they're doing. Let me jump in on the contracts. Lynch got his, and then you know he said, look, it's got to be the same for the head coach. We're tied together, Mm -hmm. and we're tied to where this organization is right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably how that went down. Would you agree? Probably. I mean – I mean, if John's going to get a six-year deal, you darn sure his head coach is too. I mean, he would, I think, f- feel good about typically that. Typically, though, that typically though, general managers have a little longer. Yeah, I suppose span that's true. in their jobs than coaches. Usually, the general manager gets to if if the first they often get to make two coaching hires. You know, if the first one doesn't work out, right. they usually get another shot. If it's a if if they if there's been some improvements in personnel. They'll usually they they will often get another chance. I think this one will work out. I think it can as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how their offense does because I don't know that they have the personnel to do the things that Kyle Shanahan wants them to do just yet. Oh, for sure. Particularly on the offensive line. Um, I think there's going to be some frustrating moments for that for that offense. I think Brian Hoyer can have a surprisingly good season. I, I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him, and I think he might do all right. And we've talked about him, and we've, I've mentioned uh, the 90-plus rating the last two seasons and how people are kind of caught up with the the, sing, the singularly awful game in the wild-card round that he had with Houston against Kansas City back in January of 2016 and, and how that obscures the generally good play that he's turned in over the last two seasons. Now, doesn't really have a great supporting cast, but he didn't have a great supporting cast in Chicago last year when he stepped in after Jay Cutler was hurt. And, you know, the Bears struggled, but he did all right. He did all right. Yeah. I, I mean, I would expect him to be at least all right. I would expect him to have a good year because I think he's a good player. But I they're a long way off. Yeah, he's not their franchise guy. Uh, again, I maintain that I think next off season the the 49ers are going to do one of two things, maybe two of two things. They're going to go after and land a quarterback that they believe can be their guy, and it might be a veteran and a guy they get in the draft. It might be both so that they can be better right away but also potentially groom what they think will be their franchise guy. And and I'm thinking in particular a guy like – Potentially Sam Darnold, potentially uh, the Rosen kid out of UCLA. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some options in the quarterback class. And, I, again, I'd be stunned if the 49ers didn't dip into that next year. Don't forget Josh Allen up at Wyoming. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. That's I, you, I was remiss in not bringing him up. He might be the best of them all. We'll see. He might have the best. I think he's got the best physical measurables of the of the three. It'll be it'll be a fun year in college football to see how that develops. We have. I, mu- I look forward to getting up to Laramie myself and seeing Josh Allen. I've got that on my docket. Which year. game? Do you know? Uh, playing on going late in uh, late September. To see, do you know the opponent? I think they're playing Illinois State or somebody. I'm not sure. Oh, he'll shred them. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> see him. But no pressure, Josh. Mike Rice, Andrew Mason. At Mace Denver, hashtag Ask Mace. Mason's mailbag still to come. We, uh, my Twitter is at mricekoa at orange blue seven sixty. When we come back, 
we will hear from guard Alan Barber. That's next on Orange and Blue 760. Mike Rice, Andrew Mason, Orange and Blue 760-303-713-7600. At Mace Denver, at M. Rice KOA, at Orange Blue 760. As we continue from Santa Clara, Broncos and 49ers with their second practice together. The quarterbacks looked good as a group. Paxton Lynch was 12 for 12 during his reps against the 49ers today. We'll sort of recap how all of that went shortly, but we want to get to a conversation that Steve and Brandon had earlier today on Orange and Blue 760 with Broncos guard Alan Barber, who was one of those involved in one of the scuffles at practice today. So Alan Barber joins Steve Atwater and myself, Brandon Cristal, here on the Broncos Blitz. Early on, it was a little chippy. I think you got cheap shot. What do you think? Uh, number 45, whose name I can't even pronounce, seemed to take a, a bit of a shot way after the whistle on you, and that kind of broke things open early in practice. Yeah, most definitely. I think, uh, you know, I was blocking a guy and just washing him on out. And he come in and thought it was necessary to try to hit me from the side. That's all right. You know, we still got another day. We got the game still, so. We'll have fun with that. And so, Alan, so I was looking at practice yesterday, and when I came off the field, I felt like you guys got off to a slow start yesterday. But today, it looked like you guys were ready to go from the start, and the intensity level was, was way up, man. You guys, you guys, you kicked butts, butts today. Did you guys feel the same way? Did you feel the same I way? I definitely think, uh, you know, we had a little bit of a slow start yesterday, and we, uh, but today I thought, you know, we cleaned it up and come out and, you know, put the effort on the field. And I think with, you know, we need to learn from that because, just to show ourselves, you know, we need to learn from that ourselves because when we do that, you can see what we can do. Right, right. You know, so we can be a good offense. Right. Vance Joseph said uh, yesterday that the five best guys are going to play and that this O-line competition, he said last week, could go all the way to the end of camp. Do you like that or would you like to see it settled here sooner than later? <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, it is what it is, really. You know, I mean, I'm going to go out and compete every day. That's, you know, that's my mindset. And that's just kind of the you know, player I want to be and, and uh, you know, put my best foot forward every day and continue to, we'll see you know, okay, learn the offense and, and get comfortable and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. So what, what, what are the players' mindsets right now? Uh, you know, you had a, you know, long practice yesterday with pads on. Today we took a little bit of a break. Um, what's your mindset uh, for tomorrow and then going into the game? Uh, recovery. My mindset's recovery for the next two days, for the rest of the day and tomorrow and then play the game on, on Saturday. And then you guys got to kind of have a little retreat here, if you will. Has it been, has it, I mean, I've seen the whole line together. Uh, you guys, uh, at least some of them making it to in and out as a team. Because you don't go away for training camp, was it kind of nice to have this? I mean, you've been on a bunch of different teams, some that go away for training camp, some I've that never, practice. Uh, I've never left the facility for training camp. I've always been at the, everywhere I've been, I've always been at the facility. So, uh, but I think it's good camaraderie and hanging out with the team and, and stuff like that. And that, that builds uh, camaraderie, camaraderie and, and, and you build a bond. And then to me, when you build the bond, you play for each other. And, that, and to me, that'll, that's what will separate a good team from a, from a great team. All right, if you could name one thing about moving to Colorado and playing with the Broncos that you didn't expect that's you know, 
kind of good. What would you say that one thing is? I haven't done anything yet, really. You know, I mean, I haven't even. I, I mean, I'm closer to the elk hunting. I tell you that. Yeah. That's good for me because I mean, that's always been one thing I want to do when I'm done is go elk hunting. Oh wow. And I've never had the opportunity to go, so. You'd be doing I'm it. I'm closer. There you go. I'm closer. Yeah, there's plenty of good hunting in Colorado. That's now, for sure. Now so. I just got to meet the right, right setup and right place to go. You know, and get yeah, all that yeah. lined up. Well, Joel Dreesen, who played tight end uh, in the league for nine, ten years, he's a, he's a big hunter and he's right near the facility. So I'm sure we can we can make sure to connect you yeah, guys yeah. And, and you'll be good yeah i think uh on our bye week we it's probably gun season for for elk but i'm, I'm trying to go with my bow yeah well and matt matt paradis too can can he can yeah. probably get you hooked in with the right people too yeah for sure I, you know i'll we'll uh we'll always see what comes up of it you know we'll, all right well thanks alan thanks so much alan. that's alan barber broncos guard with steve atwater and brandon cristal today on orange and blue 760 i thought it was interesting when they asked him about wanting competition settled he said well i mean he started to say well i think any player and then he was diplomatic and said well we'll see how it plays out but guys want to know where they stand they they want some of these battles determined and and i think we're coming down to the wire on all of them andrew we're coming down the wire and i think on the offensive line it's interesting because you're seeing some shuffling because it's not just about the starters it's about figuring out Who's going to back up, and how many guys are going to back up, and and how many guys are going to back up, and how many spots can a backup work at? I mean, Billy Turner, he's working at right guard, but he's also seeing some time at right tackle. Connor McGovern is now, you know, is working at guard and Your center. Guy. Yeah, uh, guys are being shuffled around. They're they're doing some different things with the put with with the offensive line groups to try and figure out, you know, which ones are going to be in that mix. You know, it's not just about the top five. It's about you. T- it's about who that group of seven is that is going to be active on game days. And then number eight and potentially number nine. Because maybe you only keep eight on the 53 and then offensive linemen nine and ten in your practice squad, guys. Or maybe you keep nine on the 53 and your 10th offensive lineman is a practice squad guy. They have to figure that out. The other day you were on with Columbus and Lindahl in the morning on Orange and Blue 760. And you were running through a couple of realistic options for the offensive line. I think the common thought, Andrew, is, well, Ron Leary is set at right guard and it's either going to be Max Garcia or Alan Barber at left guard. Not so fast, my friend. There are other options that could be as much in play as that one, aren't there? Yeah. And one of them involves your guy, if I may say that. That's my term for Connor McGovern, not yours. But you like McGovern. Well, I, I like McGovern. It seems like the coaches like McGovern as well. They like what he's done at center. They like what he's done filling in for Matt Paradis and keeping that doing more than keeping the seat warm quite frankly, uh, been stepping up as a leader, learning the calls on the offensive line. The center has a lot of responsibilities in this offense. The center is the one that's helping identify, you know, where the, you know, where the linebackers are aligned, making sure that everyone's got, everyone's uh, set up in their protections properly. And McGovern stepped up significantly in that. And you hear it often from Vance Joseph and Mike McCoy, the best five are going to play. And that means that you move some guys around. Connor McGovern is an unusual offensive lineman in that he could potentially play any of the five spots on the offensive line. At the University of Missouri, he started at right tackle, left tackle, and right guard. Uh, This summer for the Broncos, he's worked a lot at center. Um, He could even go to left guard in a pinch. 
He has extreme position flexibility, more than almost any other young lineman in football right now. And uh, that gives him an advantage. Now, here's the thing with Connor McGovern. He has that background at right guard. Ron Leary is your right guard right now. But if Connor McGovern settles in at right guard, you can move Ron Leary back to left guard, Mm -hmm. which is the position you signed him to play in the first place. Right now, Ron Leary, although he's doing a good job at right guard, he's playing out of position because he moved to to right guard so he could give Max Garcia a chance at left guard because he was struggling at right guard. (laughs) Who's on first? (laughs) And And you have Garcia and Alan Barber at left guard right now. No, the and they're po- battling it out. Yeah. Battling it out over there. I think I think the possibility of McGovern at left and also being sort of that the main backup to Paradis at center. McGovern at left guard, Ron Leary at left guard might be as likely to happen as Leary at right guard and either Barber or Garcia at left guard. I really do. Well, I, think I think it's possible. Thing, and, and the thing is, with Ron Leary at right guard, he's been the good soldier going over there. But that's not where he wants to no. be. Come on. And you signed him. I mean, he was your big ticket free agent signee. To okay? play left guard. Yes. You're, you signed, the, the only position he ever started at in Dallas was left guard. I mean, at some point we have to be honest and say, could he play right guard? Yes. Would he be... A better option there because I don't know if Barber or we know Garcia can't play there because he was moved from there. So they're not going to put him back there. No. So, the, you know. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Yeah, Leary could do it. He's your best guard on the team. But is that the best spot for him? No, left guard is. What is your best offensive line the combination? Does your best offensive line combination involve Ron Leary at right guard and Barbara Garcia at left guard or Ron Leary at left guard and McGovern at right guard? That's something the Broncos have to evaluate. And then and then if that's it, who do you put at right guard yeah. if McGovern goes to center for like a spell, not for a permanent on a permanent basis. But then, you know, you have to look at at that as well. But McGovern's it, it's interesting You just never know how different staffs look at different players. I like what you were saying earlier. I mean, McGovern had a hard time getting a a decent look last year, and now this staff comes in and really seems to like him a lot. It's funny how sometimes just a different set of eyes, a different philosophy perhaps, you know, Mm -hmm. can make the difference for a guy, to the positive or the negative, I suppose. 
Yeah. And McGovern benefiting from that, it seems. I, I think I think the way the offensive line shakes down, I I think the there are questions at running back. I I have come to a belief at receiver. And I know that there is something of a log jam at receiver because there are a number of talented guys. I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen at wide receiver after we get to our break here in a moment. But, Andrew, we have so much more to come. We have John Elway. We have Vance Joseph. We have Zane Beatles. We have Ted Robinson. All to come in the final hour. Can we squeeze in? I mean, is it possible to squeeze in a couple mailbag questions next hour? I think we're possible. Yes, we're going to have to. We we just got to do it at Mace Denver. Hashtag ask Mace. Briefly on the quarterbacks, your synopsis of how they played today and how they performed. Paxton Lynch had, I thought, his best day of camp. And Trevor Simeon was all right. I think, you know, steady, not great, but steady. Status quo, yeah. In terms of the big picture, where these two guys stand, uh, I, I don't want to. I, I don't know. I mean, well, just in your mind, uh, we don't know what the. I want. I want to. I want to get to a game. I want to see them in the game. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And and we, because we know, as Vance Joseph has said, games matter the most. Yes. That is. Let's get to the game. And then, don't kid yourself though. The two practices today and yesterday meant a lot and will mean a lot as well. There's, there's no doubt about that. 303-713-7600 is our phone number. At Mace Denver, hashtag Ask Mace. At M. Rice KOA, at Orange Blue 760. Next hour, we'll hear from 49ers guard Zane Beatles, who's a former Bronco. Voice of the 49ers, Ted Robinson. Broncos coach Vance Joseph. President GM John Elway. All on the way on Orange and Blue 760. All the time. Fourth and final hour of the program. Mason Mike with you live from Santa Clara as the Broncos and 49ers wrap up two days of practices together today. And it is now sort of the final prep time before the preseason game at Levi Stadium on Saturday. Been good work between the two clubs. We've enjoyed bringing it to you this week as we round out our broadcast day today on Orange and Blue 760. We left off, Andrew, talking about the wide receivers. And there seems to be a logjam. And let's run through this. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, on the team, no doubt about it. Yes. Isaiah McKenzie, on the team, no doubt about it. I'm going to lump Carlos Henderson in on that group because I I know he's hurt right now, but he's going to be on the team, no doubt about it, as your third-round pick. Yeah, that unless leaves, he's on the injured reserve. Right, right. But for now, he's a fourth guy, so I'll, we can even go to the number seven if we want. But we have the following candidates for if Henderson is healthy and available to be on the roster for basically two spots max. Jordan Taylor, Marlon Brown, Cody Latimer, and Khalif Raymond. I think the two guys of those four that make this club, Khalif Raymond and Jordan Taylor. I think Cody Latimer is the odd man out right now. I do not see him on this club as the numbers <sighs> stack up right now. I know he had a good game against the Bears. I, I, I don't know if they're trying to feature him. 
I, I think it's going to be an interesting race. But here's why I say that. Number one, it, it's not so much what Cody isn't doing or is doing. It's the fact that Raymond is flashing. He's flashing as a return man in the kickoff and punt return on both of those sides. He's flashing as a receiver, made another f terrific catch today along the sideline, going high to bring it in, do the toe tap to get the feet down. And even though he is slight of stature, he is making plays. Jordan Taylor obviously doesn't have the stature issue. He's got the size, yes. maybe not the bulk, but he's got the height. Finds and ways to make plays. Exactly right. He, can, I mean, he's like a vacuum cleaner. He brings everything in. He just he he he's the human vacuum cleaner. He well, sucks it in. I was gonna say he sucks it in. You don't. You you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, let's not semantics. Semantics, my friend. I I didn't want to go the other direction of saying. Well, you know, he doesn't. He. he he doesn't suck. He sucks everything in. He catches everything. I mean, I don't know how you keep. And here's here's the point, which I think is the kicker. And maybe he's human flypaper. He could certainly there you be go. that. How about that? He, That's he better. could certainly be that. It sticks to him. But Ball sticks here's to him. human stick him. Here's the point. What's ban the thing is with that's banned in the NFL. The Lester Hayes rule. The notion that. Jordan Taylor doesn't play special teams is simply not true. Oh, no, he's played a he played 188 88 snaps on special teams last year in 16 games. Yes, that's 10 snaps a game. That's a special ten. teamer. Yeah, that's a special teamer. It's more than 10. It's 12. 11. It's more. It's it's over 11. It's close yeah. to 12. Rounds yep. up. Exactly. So the the fact is, it's bunk that he doesn't play special teams. It is totally bunk. It's, in the words of Homer it, Simpson, Grade A bull plop. Andrew, if, if Cody Latimer is not catching passes and Jordan Taylor is playing special teams, albeit in a different role, what's Cody Latimer's, uh, what's his X factor on special teams that the Broncos can't replace? Gunner? Maybe. I bet they could find a gunner who's pretty good. And I'm not lobbying for Cody to be off the team. I'm just sharing why I think that, that ta that Taylor and Raymond have the edge as of right now because they're they're making plays offensively and they're both contributing on special teams. Kickoff returner, Broncos don't have an issue there. Number one, kickoff return isn't as important as it used to be. But still, you want to have a guy who's talented. And even without Carlos Henderson, who figured in, Khalif Raymond is a more than capable kick returner. Made a great return in that department against Chicago. Also, D'Angelo Henderson probably could could fit the bill if you needed somebody else until Henderson got healthy. So that's not really a factor, even though Latimer was involved in that unit. And as a gunner, I'm sorry, I think you can find another guy to make some plays on special teams. I really do. Yeah, and I think um, the thing with you also have to consider, you have to look at their contract situation. You have to look at Good point. how close they are to free agency. Cody Latimer's a free agent next year. Jordan Taylor has three more years of uh, before he's an unrestricted free agent, because you know he's you know now he he's uh, you know he's exclusive rights for another this would, this would be a second year so he's exclusive rights after this year and then after a second year ex which would be this year uh, exclusive rights after um, or ex or Restricted free agent after year three, and then unrestricted after year four. So 
that's something you have to bear in that's something you have to consider I think if no doubt if you have two players that are if you have two players that are tied across the board then you then I think you have to take a long hard look and say okay this guy could be under team control for another three years this guy could be under team control for one one more year this player a is younger player a is under team control for three years player B is older player B is under team control for one more year. So player A, being younger, has more upside, probably because he hasn't been in your system as long, and you have to make a you know a tough decision. I mean, and it is a tough decision, no doubt. But you know, Jordan Taylor just goes out there and keeps grabbing passes, and, and keeps making plays. It's I feel like I feel like what's one of those points I've made a lot over the months and years, but. Jordan Taylor keeps doing the things that may, that basically are his way of saying, I dare you to cut me because I'm making all these plays in practice. I'm effective. And, 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 and he's running a lot. And the variety of routes that he runs, it's, you know, the, the, the breadth of t- the type of plays that he makes, much, much broader variety than, than before. I mean, he's really come along as a player. He used to he used to be a guy that you know you you you'd run him on the go you'd run him on the stop and go, he was a vertical guy. Mm-hmm. Now you see him doing a lot of intermediate stuff. You see him like last week you saw him on those quick slants from Paxton Lynch, so he's a short area target as well. You saw now, I you'd like him on that uh, that third and short or that third and intermediate I should say where he. He had the short route. You'd like him to run that route to the sticks mm-hmm. rather than short of the sticks. Right. But again, it's a learning experience. It's 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 a learning experience. That's that's next time. easily fixed. Yeah. You tell him, okay, run your route a bit deeper next time. Run it to you know, run it a couple of yards deeper, and then you make that grab. You move the sticks, and that's it. Actually, it said a lot that when he ran that route, he was in double coverage. A lot of respect for Jordan Taylor. Yeah, and remember. He has the Peyton Manning seal of approval. Which also tells you that uh, if the Broncos do let him go, he's not going to be on the market for long. No. I don't think Actually, I'll tell you, if the Broncos waive Jordan Taylor, I mean, he could end up in Miami because we know about uh, Adam Gase and his connection to Peyton Manning. But uh, I, if the Broncos let him go, I think, he could, I think Jordan Taylor would be right here. I think the 49ers make a claim. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, they need a little size at that position. Yes, and 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 here's the deal: who had a better year last season? Last season, when there were regular season games, who had the better year? Jordan Taylor had a better year than Cody Latimer on offense, certainly. Now, Jordan, now Cody Latimer had a very good season on special. Teams. I, under, I understand that. That's replaceable to me. I'm not saying. I mean, we're not talking about a Devin Hester in his prime. As a return or a Tyree kill as a return man and, and then, that you can't and replace. To say, and the thing is, if you're saying that you, that Cody La- and Cody Latimer, did, you know, is a good special teams contributor, but you then you have to say, okay, Jordan Taylor did have special teams contribution exactly. as well. You cannot dismiss that. So if you're sitting here saying that Cody Latimer is a special teamer and Jordan Taylor doesn't say doesn't play special teams, well, that is a that's, that, false. that's that's false. That's See, wrong. That's no, completely wrong. Here's the truth. Mm-hmm. CJ Anderson does not play special teams. 
but he's also your starting running oh, that's back. That's my point, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying he should be. Yes. I, I'm saying that's a guy that doesn't play special teams, and, I, and of course he shouldn't. And I'll drop some other numbers on you, Mike. Cody Latimer is, has played three NFL seasons. Jordan Taylor's played one because he was on his practice squad the first year, okay? So, Latimer three seasons, Taylor one year. They have the same number of receptions. Taylor has more yards. Taylor has two touchdowns, and Latimer has one. I'm going to bring up an analogy since we're in San Francisco. I'm going to go back in the day a little bit. Oh, it's, here we go. It's not totally fair, okay? But there's a little bit of Dwight Clark in Jordan Taylor. Oh. There's, a li- there's more than a little bit of Dwight Clark and Clark was never fast enough. He was never big enough, even though he was a big guy. He was 6'4", 212. I know, I know, but he never, you didn't, he wasn't a Jordan ho- Taylor, 6'5", 210. Okay. So uh, there you go. There you go. There's a little bit of similarity there. Okay. So, and, and Clark was always known as a possession receiver who always got open and who always, who, oh, hold on. Wait, hold. no, I got more. Okay. I, I've got more. But keep going. Oh, who who was a possession? Mm. <laughs> makes his fired up. He was a possession receiver. Clark was known as one who yet oh, who put up really good numbers. Who was a reliable target for a Hall of Fame quarterback on great teams. I'm telling you, there's a little bit, and I'm using that phrase a little bit facetiously. There's more than a little, and just the way they look yeah. on the field, they're very similar in 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 the way they play and the way they run. Clark was fearless over the middle, and Jordan Taylor is too. I'm telling you, there's some Dwight Clark in Jordan Taylor. Dwight Clark's rookie season, 1979, San Francisco 49ers as a kid out of Clemson. By the way, do you know how the 49ers found Dwight Clark? Yes, I do. They Man. worked out Joe Montana. And no, wrong. Okay, I've heard the story, then no, I forget it. because he went to Clemson. Yes. Dwight Clark's a kid out of, well, he was a kid, out of Kinston, North Carolina, went to Clemson University. Clemson had a hot-shot quarterback prospect in the 1979 draft named Steve Fuller. That's exactly right. Yes, I've heard this story. I just Still forgot. Still a legendary figure in Clemson football lore. And actually, that you know, Deshaun, you know, Deshaun Watson wore number four. Number four. And actually wore like the Steve Fuller patch on his jersey last year for Clemson. So I, num- I was not number four is a big, big deal. In Clemson football, and Steve Fuller is a big, big deal. So Fuller ends up going to the Chiefs in that year's draft, and a lot of fa- of children of the '80s, like myself, recall Steve Fuller being the Bears' backup quarterback in 1985 and having a speaking role, speaking, singing, call what you will, in the Super Bowl Shuffle. Nice, yes. My name is Steve Niss. No wonder. I run like lightning, pass like thunder. Or is it pass like lightning, run like thunder? I'm not sure. Anyway, so the Niners go to work out Steve Fuller, and someone's got to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. It was Dwight, Dwight Clark. Clark. Yeah. And they're impressed with Dwight Clark. And, and But Clemson was a running offense, so he didn't have that many opportunities. But they, hey, they go back, they watch some film. Oh, this Clark kid is interesting. Let's take him. So Dwight Clark in 1979 for the San Francisco 49ers catches 18 balls for 232 yards, 12.9 yards per catch, no touchdowns. Jordan Taylor in his first year last season, 16 catches for 209 yards, (laughs) 
13.1 yards per catch, so a little bit higher yards per reception by 0.2 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty close. Some more touchdowns, a little bit fewer yards, two fewer receptions, a bit fewer yards, total yards, but a little bit more yardage per reception. So very point is, like you're saying, very similar. So... It's, but it's not it's just the the, the stats yes. to me are but the are the the stats are the cherry are on the, the cherry. Sunday. Exactly right because it's the way they play. I grew up watching Dwight Clark. Okay, so I this is like I don't have to I don't have to get I don't have to watch film. Yes, the catch against Dallas in the early '80s to send the the Forty ers to their to their first Super Bowl. I think it would be a major mistake for the Broncos to. Let go of Jordan. Jordan Taylor is on this football team, and and the reason why is there, you know, and, and special look, special teams uh, and and the stuff that Cody Latimer does on special teams, and and guys doing special teams that's important, but there are things that Jordan Taylor does in terms of catching the football. I mean, I saw him go. There was a play in practice. He caught a ball from Paxton Lynch, and I saw him go low and go down on his knees, sliding in the grass and kind of lean. You know, is you still? Yeah. You threw that in for free. I love it. Catch the ball. And I saw that play happen. I said, that looks kind of like Jerry Smith back in the 60s when he was Washington. The tight end, you know, the the kind of the lanky tight end that played, Mm -hmm. actually had the touchdown record for tight ends for a long time until Shannon Sharp broke it in 03. Yeah. And, you know, that's the kind of, and you don't see many guys who could make that kind of sliding catch down the middle the way I saw Jordan Taylor make that. I'm telling you. Jordan, Ta- Jordan Taylor can do some really special things. There, there, and, and, and I and I I really hope to see him continue developing as a Bronco. He's a fun player to really watch, is. and he's he and really is. Let let me say great this. great find for the scouting department. Here's here's another way to look at it, and it'll be my last point on Taylor and Latimer. You look at the strength of each guy. Latimer's strength has been on special teams. That's proven. That's not conjecture. That's what we know from his career and his time playing in games. Taylor's strength is catching passes. We, it's limited, but his experience is limited. And we've also seen it in training camp. We, we haven't even always seen Cody catch passes in camp practices. So what's easier to replace? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com place someone who does what Cody does as a gunner or someone who shows what what Taylor shows as a receiver to me it's a no-brainer maybe I'm wrong in that I'm I'm saying it's Taylor versus Latimer maybe it's Raymond versus Latimer my point would remain the same 
What's easier to replace, Latimer's proven skills or Ravens' proven skills? And again, I, I have to give the edge. It's easier to replace Latimer's skills over either the skills of Raymond and Taylor. In a moment, when we come back, thoughts from John Elway. It's Orange and Blue 760. It's Mason Mike. Back in a moment. Along with Andrew Mason, Mike Rice, Orange and Blue 760. As we begin to wrap up our time in Santa Clara, of course, Mace will be here tomorrow with Brandon Cristal. And, of course, we'll have the game, 49ers and Broncos, on Saturday on the sister station, KOA News Radio. Coverage at 5, kickoff at 8. Whenever we play that song, I suddenly get a hankering for a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, I, I'm not in on the joke, so dare I ask why? It's, a, it's very similar to a song used in a commercial by a fast food joint. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do they have the meat? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> I just wanted to check. I just wanted to check. 303-713-7600. Jordan Taylor's on this football team. Barring injury, he's on this football You're team. You're putting it, in, to use Seth Davis's term during the NCAA tournament, you're putting it in Sharpie. I am putting that in Sharpie. Okay. It's not a mortal lock. And, you know, you can always scratch out a Sharpie. It doesn't look good. So <laughs> so if I'm wrong. Looks I, like a disaster. Well, if I'm wrong, I, if I'm wrong, I wouldn't look good. But I'm, I, I never call it – I wouldn't call this a mortal lock. But I, I think it's, it's pretty close to a lock. I think Jordan Taylor is going to be on this football team. Practice today with the 49ers, after which – President GM John Elway spoke with reporters and was asked about Paxton Lynch's day. I mean, it's the next step. You know, we hope we see him. You know, I, we've made some strides this week in practice. This has been a good week of practice going against, going against the Niners. And so, you know, both those guys, all three of them made steps. And so that's, you know, we want to see progress. And the good thing is that's what we've seen so far this week. We'd like the decision made by itself. We talked about that decision being made by itself, right? So we want, well, you know, one of them to take the reins and, and take over. It'd be the, you know, the the ideal situation. But uh, you know, we'll get through this game and then go from there and see what happens. John, have you liked the overall tenor of this camp and what you've seen over the last uh, few weeks? I have, you know, and I, I'm excited about it. And I think that, uh, you know, Vance has brought a renewed uh, enthusiasm and really done a tremendous job. And you know, with the new staff on the offensive side and then, uh, you know, and defensively. So it's been it's been a good camp, and, and the tenor, like you said, has been really good. Have the changes on the offensive line personnel otherwise brought the nastiness that you wanted to see? Yeah, I mean, I think we saw a little bit of it today. I mean, we we're very physical today up front, and it was a good day for us in the offensive line. So I think the mentality has changed tremendously, and Jeff Davidson as well as Chris Strauss are both doing tremendous jobs with the offensive line. So we made huge strides there, and uh, you know, and that's where we, we needed to, and, and that was our starting point, and so we've been able to do that so far. No, no, it's not, you know, and that's why, you know, they'll split time this week, and, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens and, and continue to go into it, and you know, Vance is going to continue to look at it. We'll stay in contact and communicate on it. And so, you know, as we said, we want to see these guys through preseason. And, and uh, uh, you know, eventually, you know, we're going to name a starter. We just don't know when. Paxton didn't have an incompletion today. And BJ said that he made three or four big-time throws. Do you like what you've seen in his development? He, you know what? And like we said, he's making progress. And so, I mean, you know, they're all making progress. But I think what you saw in Paxton today, he played with a little more confidence than he has in the past. And I think anytime he does that, 
um, you know, he's a lot more successful. And so, but that, you know, that comes with youth too. I mean, you have your ups and downs as youth, and the consistency is not there where you want it to be, but that's why you continue to practice and continue to work and, and uh, continue to get better. Well, we always hope, you know, it's, first of all, it's great coming back because it's, uh, you know, having spent my college years up here, it's always great to come back and, and remember how good the weather is. And, and uh, you know, we had a chance to go watch practice over at Stanford last night. And, and uh, so that was, that was fun. So it's, it's really nice to come back. Plus, I was in the same room that uh, we won the Super Bowl at the hotel. So that was a good feeling. But, uh, you know, we go in every year with that, that being the idea that we want to compete for championships. And, and uh, you know, obviously, with the year coming, we came off last year not having made the playoffs. Uh, you know, we had some strides to, to make, and so you know, we're in that in that process right now. But um, exci I'm excited about where we are. John, you have said really consistently the last six seven months <clears throat> that you're happy with your quarterback situation. That, that you know you're satisfied with it, even though it wasn't always apparent. You know, to us maybe. What did you see? What do you see in your quarterback situation that makes you have so much? Well, I mean, I, I, I've got confidence in the fact that they're both young and they're going to continue with practice to get better. And, I mean, that's why I had confidence in it. I think that uh, looking at the guys that we had and, and, you know, them wanting to go and compete in practice, um, they don't grow on trees. As you know, there's, there's not quarterbacks growing on trees out there. So there wasn't another answer. And so, but with that with being said is I like the guys that we had because I know talent-wise they can do it. It's just a matter of, you know, they need the time and experience, and with that they'll continue to get better. So, you know, obviously that position is very, very important. We got better around them to give them better opportunities to be successful. Uh, but there's still going to be, you know, growing pains. Whoever becomes a starter during this year, there's still going to be growing pains because they're both so young. You know, we, we've not had a conversation with it. I think that, uh, you know, my stance is the fact that I, you know, everybody has their right to do what they wish to do, and their beliefs are their beliefs. That's why we live in this country, and, and uh, you know, <clears throat> they have the right to, to display whatever they wish to display. I think one thing that where we stand and I kind of stand with the Broncos is, is that, you know what, that's okay. We'll respect that. And whatever you want to do is fine with us. But the bottom line is let's not get – that can't get in the way of our main goal. And that is to compete for world championships. And so I just don't want that pulling away from our team. And sometimes that can pull away because obviously it gets a lot of attention. And so therefore, the only thing I would say to our players is just make sure it's not hurting your teammate, right? Because if you're making your turn, if the, if the questions and everything, the tenor changes of what's going on in these interviews, and now you're not talking about our next opponent, but you're talking about what's going on in the world, that's not the best thing for our football team. So I only advise, you know, would tell our players is, I, I respect where you stand, but just when, you make, when, when you're doing anything, just understand what it's doing to the football team because I want all these guys to understand that we're football first and we want to win football games. And if we do that, you know, everything's going to be fine. And, and, but again, with, with, with that being said, I still respect the fact that they have the right to do what they wish to do. And, uh, but I just hope that when they do those type things and what they take in mind is they, they think about their teammates first. Do you feel like Brandon handled that well in terms of channeling it with some yeah, he really did. And I think that, uh, you know, obviously Brandon made a point last year, but you know what? He, he carried it forward. He just didn't make a stand on the field, you know, before the games. He actually went out in the community, did something, and, 
and talked to different people, went and talked to law enforcement and was got involved in the community. So I was proud with, of Brandon and the fact that not only did he show his support for what it was last year, but also he went out and, and did something in the community about it. John, one week from today, <clears throat> Well, we've already sent letters to everybody and, and uh, showed our support for Pat, why we think that, uh, and why I think that Pat deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And so, you know, that's all we can continue to do is continue to support him and, and let everything fall as it may. But as you know, and as I've said so many times, is, you know, he deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame because what he's done, not only for the Denver Broncos, the culture that he's brought, the ability to give us to, to win football games and compete for championships, but also if you look at the growth from 1984 when he got into the league to where it is now, and he was a big part of the growth of the NFL, that to me, as a contributor and the committees that he was on, it, you know, that's proof right there that, um, you know, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. With so many injuries, how do you, what does the process with Vance and your staff for, on determining if you want to make a move or if you want to stand pat? What goes into that decision for each? As far as the injuries? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, you're going to have those. And so those are always the things that we're going to have to deal with. And, you know, you just hope and pray that, uh, you know, nothing's too serious. And so... You know, it's, it's always fluid, you know, and so we have to continue to watch the waiver wire, see what's going on there. But, you know, we're, we feel kind of lucky in the fact that with Wolf and Crick, we should get him back in a couple weeks, um, you know, and then, but hopefully we can get through the rest of the preseason and, and uh, not get hurt too bad. Time for a John, few more for how John. You, how do you prepare for this year being different, 90 to 53, as opposed to the middle cover? So many bodies that are going to be available at one time. Well, we have to do a lot more work early, knowing that we're not going from 90 to 75. We're going right to 53. So, therefore, our work's got to be done early because we're not going to be able to look at all those guys after after the waiver day, waiver wire comes out. You know, we have that many guys on the wire. We're not going to have that time. So, we're in the process now, now that we're in, foot, in the games, of evaluating those guys who we think might be available and who may be able to help us. We've been a lot more stout there, and I think we're bigger there. And, and I think that uh, you know that's the one thing is with the concern after last year was stopping the run, and, and so you know to be able to hold the line of scrimmage and, and be stout at the line of scrimmage, and I think that we've showed that on the defensive side got much much better there. And so, uh, but that's got to continue to work and continue to go, and we got to continue to get better with that. Last one, Nikki. I was just going to ask, what is the process for when you guys have conversations about the quarterbacks? What is that process, and how many conversations are there, and is it any different from other? Uh, well, no, I mean, it's, it, obviously the quarterback position is important, but we talk about every position, just like we talk about the quarterback position because we're trying to find the best 53 guys that are going to help us, give us the best chance to win football games. And so there's always conversation of, you know, in personnel meetings that we go through that, uh, you know, we talk about each position and, and quarterback being one. That's John Elway earlier today after practice as the joint practices wrapped up today, workout yesterday. And pretty good work by the quarterbacks, Mace, as both Trevor Simeon and particularly Paxton Lynch did pretty well today. And did pretty well yesterday, for that matter. Yeah, two consecutive good days for Paxton Lynch. Uh, you add up the couple of days, I believe it was 25 of 37 with a couple of touchdowns. Uh, 12 of 12 today. It's yeah. pretty good. Strong work. I mean, hitting uh, Demarius Thomas and Khalif Raymond with some nice balls at the sideline. I, I liked what he was doing as far as uh, locating the ball at points where the defenders really could, couldn't get to it. Uh, good timing on his throws, uh, good work under pressure, leading his receivers, a very nice uh, job leading Hunter Sharp, good over-the-shoulder catch. 
mm-hmm. by the young wide receiver as well. Good work. I mean, you, you, you have to say, uh, tip of the cap to Paxton Lynch for what he did the last two days. Uh, Trevor Simeon, I think, uh, you know, maybe you know, maybe not taking as many chances as, as it were, solid. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd certainly say that Paxton Lynch did gain a little bit of ground the last couple of days, but it's going to really come down to the game. I mean, if he, if he really wants to gain a lot of ground and he wants to really find himself on a more solid footing in this quarterback race, a big performance on Saturday night would we'll do that yeah. because Vance Joseph has said time and again the games are going to count more than the practices. So go out there in the game and do something with the first team that Trevor Simeon didn't do. Lead a touchdown drive. And okay, yeah, there were some penalties and there were some other issues last week. That's fine. Maybe there's going to be a penalty on Saturday night, but lead the Bronco. You know, if there's a penalty that puts you in first and 20, fine. Get the offense out of it. You know, don't use that as a, as a crux or an excuse. Well, Find a way out of it. Exa- you, you, you've got to deal with adversity in the regular season. And that's, Get it done. That's your job. Yeah, exactly and, and right. if you and if you've got a first and twenty because there's a holding penalty or something along those lines, overcome. Yeah, overcome, and then then frankly, you've shown a lot about your metal and what you're made of. And yes, the 49ers aren't a very good team. Yes, they're at a relatively young stage of their development. We know that, but this is still another team in the NFL, and if Paxton Lynch can show some signs of progress, then, you know, it, it's something you can build off of and then, you know, keep the competition alive for one more week, and then if he gets some work against Green Bay's first-teamers, maybe you learn a little more then against the Cheeseheads, and there will be a lot of Cheeseheads in the stands next week. Yes, there we will. We do know that. Putting you on the spot a little bit, you got a couple for the, from the mailbag that you want to go over? Uh, I'm getting, I'm actually sifting through them right okay, now. Okay, let's do this. Mailbag is next. Thoughts yes. from Vance Joseph next. We're going to go to our, our final break and then come back and wrap up the show with those two things and final thoughts on this Thursday on Orange and Blue 760. This is the... St- Broncos Blitz. Hey, it's Steve Atwater. With Brandon Cristal and Steve Atwater. The Blitz is coming right at you. Afternoons 1 to 3 on Orange and Blue 760. All Broncos, all the time. Mike Rice, Andrew Mason, final moments. Orange and blue, 760. We are in Santa Clara. Broncos practicing against the 49ers for the last couple of days. Two really good workouts, I thought, Mason. I think that's really been the feedback from both of these teams. John Lynch obviously telling Steve Atwater and Brandon Cristal earlier that he really liked the workout that, that the 49ers got from the Broncos. And John Elway sort of indicating, Vance Joseph indicating the same thing. Yeah, some scuffles. I think that's to be expected. I don't think anything got completely out of hand, maybe just a little bit out of hand. I thought I thought guys respected it, did it the right way, and ultimately benefited from it. Yeah, I think really just yeah, you had that those moments where it got out of control and really could have gotten completely out of hand if uh, if it had not been reeled back in, but uh, didn't get, didn't get to where it damaged the practice and uh, and, and got contained. And, uh, 
that said, uh, the phrase teachable moment comes to mind. Yeah. And uh, and also, on the other hand, you kind of like seeing the fire. I mean, yeah, when Menelik Watson, uh, he's he's got to be restrained by Austin Trailer, and you're in. You kind of got to remind him, hey, you know, ease up, big fella. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you know, we know we know how passionate you are. We know how fiery you are. But at the same time, you love seeing how angry, how intense he, he gets, how nasty he gets. And you have to remind yourself, that's part of the reason why they signed him. Exactly. And yeah. that's that was why I asked Vance Joseph, about that fire that he brings and how you've got to keep it under control because I know that that was one of the things they saw in Menelik Watson that, you know, part of it is they want to see what he can do when he's healthy. I mean, okay, there were other tackles that were more proven that were maybe safer bets on the market. And, but in a salary cap situation, you couldn't necessarily go after the 10 or $12 million right tackle. You had to make choices. Yep. You had to go after the guy that maybe was a bit more affordable under the cap and gamble that he could stay healthy and gamble that he could that he could develop and they had upside. But you're also gambling on his intensity. And goodness yeah. knows that Menelik Watson's got a lot of intensity and fire to him and you've got to channel that. Part of what you get with Watson and even like Aqib Talib yeah. is you get the times when they go over the edge yeah. and it's not smart. But that's part of what you get. And you have to live with that if you're going to go get those guys to bring a certain element to your club. Yeah, and the thing about Menelik Watson is it's interesting from him is because he is a smart guy and a smart player, but he's also got that fiery incredibly streak. tenacious mm-hmm. edge to him. He's a, he's a fascinating person to me for a lot of reasons. All right, let's get to Mason's mailbag. We've got some questions we want to get to before we get to thoughts from head coach Vance Joseph after practice. And this was my error. Atwater for HOF uh, tweets, is Benny Fowler still in the mix at wide receiver? Didn't hear him mentioned when discussing the roster outlook. Yes, and and, uh, let me just say that was my oversight. I knew I was missing somebody. Benny Fowler, to me, is on this football team, but Mace, how do you see it? Yeah, I think he's on this football team. It's a question of whether he ends up earning the number three spot. I'd still say he's probably ahead in, in that role, although I think Jordan Taylor's making a really significant push for that number three receiver role. He's starting to he, – he's making some plays. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely uh, – he's definitely in the mix. I think we kind of don't mention him because we I think you feel like his role – on the 53-man roster is pretty secure. You feel like he's going to make this. Yeah, game. I think that's right. And and so then I think it comes down to Taylor, Latimer, and Raymond, and I think Taylor's on the team. That would be six. And if Carlos Henderson then is either on IR or somehow out of the mix for at least this year, then I think Raymond right now, I give the edge to Raymond over Latimer. Right now I think Cody's the odd man out. Don't want to be see it that way. I think he's a great young man. I just think from a football standpoint, that's how it shakes down. But we'll wait and see after this game and, and as we get to final cuts. Leanne tweets, how is Jamal Charles looking in practice this week? Old self or just old? Old self, actually. I I, I agree. I've seen – I saw there were some plays Monday and then again today and yesterday too. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Really quick to the edge. Yes, yes, yes. Boy, that looks like the Jamal Charles of of old. And there was also a play on uh, that I saw earlier this week where he had a nice little cutback up the middle. And, you know, I've seen Charles make some plays to the edge. But I also want to see those those cutbacks up the middle, and that, and I hadn't seen a lot from him on the inside in the first couple of weeks of, of of camp. But I saw it this week where you know the hole developed, and you know, and I saw him make that cut to the left, and then cut, and then he cut to the right, sharp cut through the hole, just like I'd seen from C.J. Anderson and D'Angelo Henderson and Stephen Ridley. So I thought that was a really good sign for him. Yeah, he's actually showing a spark. Not wearing the knee brace today. Yeah, and uh, he said he ditched that if it was if it was cumbersome, so he didn't have it. Looked like he was running well at the same time. Let's see how that knee holds that knee holds up without the brace. I think that's something that you're gonna have to watch closely uh, over the next week or so. Finally, Daniel tweets, and let's we'll keep this one brief because it doesn't need to be. Our uh, friend long. Daniel Gonzalez from yes. Puerto Rico, by the way. Everyone talking about the good day Paxton had. Did Trevor have a bad day or just not as good? Just not as good. I don't think he had a bad day. I think I think he had a better day today than he did yesterday. But uh, I think part I think part of it, uh, you know, is just that uh, hasn't ha- has been steady. I thought he had a really nice throw to Marius Thomas. He was under some pressure. He was kind of falling back and locates Thomas, and the throw was kind of off Trevor's back foot. He's under, so he's he's under duress. Uh, pressure is bearing down on him, but a little bit of an unbalanced throw. He wasn't quite set, but had it in the right place. Led to Marius Thomas as he's as he as he's coming across on his crossing route. Did a good, you know, did a good job, and Demarius was able to turn that into what would have been a nice big gain on, on a short cross with a, with a lot of a lot of yardage after the reception. So I like the way that Trevor Simeon was able to read the pressure and get the ball out and find his top receiver on that play. So a good good job by him there. So yeah, solid day, but just not as spectacular as the one that uh, Paxton Lynch had. All right, there you go. That's Mason's mailbag, and we wrap things up with thoughts from head coach Vance Joseph after practice. He was asked about the two or three scuffles that broke out to start his session with reporters. Expected no, but it happened and you know, we don't we didn't want that, but we got past it and finished practice. You know, both sides were being really competitive. Um, you know, it's it's football, it's a physical sport, so some of that stuff's gonna happen, but both sides kinda caught their composure and was able to finish practice. So that's 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 what's important there. It looked like to me you got a little bit more out of your offense today. I, I hope that's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yesterday wasn't wasn't perfect. It wasn't bad, but today was better. It was better. Um, the first time seeing that scheme, you know, so it takes time to kind of get adjusted to that scheme. 
you know, we're more of a man team, more of a match tight coverage team, and that's more of a zone kind of, you know, drop in, in certain spaces, you know, coverage team. So it takes time to adjust. I want Paxson to relax and go out and play his game. You know, make good decisions, move the chains and score points. You know, simply as that. You know, I don't want him to feel pressure. I want him to be himself and, uh, you know, be an athlete when he calls to be an athlete. Just play quarterback for us. Simple as that. I haven't seen every snap of practice, but right. I thought Paxton had maybe his best day today. Did you, were you impressed? Very impressed. Um, his best day, I'm not sure, but he made three or four big-time throws today. So. He looked relaxed, and hopefully that carries over to Saturday. He's got a lower uh, back contusion. I guess he fell in practice a couple of days ago. Just irritated. Nothing, nothing serious at all. Brandon Marshall not in team. Is he doing okay? Or? Brandon's fine. Brandon got a rib contusion yesterday, and um, he's fine. Just being smart. Coach, all the injuries, yeah. quarterback stuff that's yeah. going on. I think the camp, you know, it, it's it's been productive. You know, um, you know our our offensive line has gotten a lot better. You know, that was that was a major major goal for us uh, from the spring to now. You know, so that that part, in my opinion, has gotten better. You know, as as far as the run game and protections, um, the overall camp, it's it's been a really good camp. You know, injuries happen. You know, um, I think when they happen, it, it's important. You know, it happened early, so we get most of our guys back before week one, and that's what's important, you know. So you, know, you can't stop the injuries, but when they happen, it's, it, it's key in my opinion. It's a short case study, but how are you developing as a head coach and dealing with these things? It's tough because, you know, as an assistant, you know, <laughs> everyone says, well, next man up, it's your job to play, but as a head coach, you know, you feel responsible for keeping your team as healthy as possible. And, you know, old coach told me a long time ago, it's a, it's a talent, you know, keeping a team healthy. It's not accident. It's, it's, it's purpose, you know. So, you know, how you practice, when you practice, uh, when you pull off guys, um, that's, that's important. You know, we've, we've had some injuries where um, it's just been, you know, normal football contact. So some of those things you can't help. But I think how you practice is, is very important. Nettlewick's been a part of making that O-line better, but he's kind of brought that fire. But how do you have to kind of monitor that, make sure that fire doesn't become something that burns? And burns? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we want, to be, we want to be smart bullies. You know, we don't want, we don't want to be uh, idiots. You know, we don't want to get penalties to, to cost us big plays in the game. You know, and you know, he's an emotional guy. You know, but he's also a tone setter, so it's a fine line. You know, even Bowles, I mean, Bowles is a guy with a serious edge. You know, so we want some of that, but we want to be smart bullies. You know, simple as that. You know, we want to be aggressive, but not hurt our football team with selfish penalties. Okay, when you're fighting a guy one on one, and that's your battle, and you hurt us, that's about that's about you, and that's selfish. We don't want that. Jamal Charles won't play. And Matt Paradis won't play. Emmanuel, I'm not sure yet. Um, he's a little sore, but he's better today. So I'm not sure yet on him. But those two guys won't play. And Demarcus Walker, he won't play. Cody, Cody uh, I'm not sure yet. He's feeling a lot better today. And again, if he's able to go, he will go. If he's still sore, probably not. Just being smart with, with those guys. But um, those three guys would definitely not play. The rest is up for debate tomorrow. Yes, yes, his MRI came back. Uh, it came back pretty normal, but he's, he's sore. 
Hopefully we can get him back and practice Monday or Tuesday, you know, in a game week next week for Green Bay. How would I gauge it? Um, very productive. You know, yesterday was really good. It was organized, you know, both teams com was compliant with the rules that we put into place. Uh, today was a little chippy, but it's great work. You know, it's great work for us to see a different uh, color jersey and a different uh, kind of scheme on both sides of the ball. So it was very productive for us. When you see someone like Steven Ridley, he looks good in the tryout, and then he makes it translate so well to the field uh -huh. and runs so hard. How proud are you? You mean Steven Ridley? Ridley, yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm not surprised, you know, with Steven. I mean, Steven's been an NFL back. I mean, he's rushed for 1,200 yards in a season. So I'm not surprised that he is playing so well. I mean, he's healthy now, and that's that was Steven's issue the last couple of years. But I'm not surprised. But he's a he's a pro's pro. I mean, he comes to work. He takes great notes. He's doing a good job for Brock. So he gets it. You know, he gets it. And and sometimes having some time off at home, you know, allows you to kind of take a step back and kind of realize you know, that's a pretty good job I had. Yeah. He's the backup punter. Yeah. Very simple. You know? No. No. You know, this this wasn't really live. It was more thud, you know, which is you know, for the D line it's the same, but it wasn't live. Um, we're thinking for the uh, first defense at least a quarter. maybe a quarter and a half max, you know, on both sides of the ball as far as the starters. And certain guys will play more obviously, but for the starters probably a quarter and a half. Okay, both quarterbacks would play the normal quarter and a half. Paxson's going to start. Trevor comes in uh, mid-second quarter, goes to the third, and he's done. Then Kyle will take over at fourth. So there you go. Vance Joseph with the breakdown of how things will go. Those are coaches' comments from after practice. Been, uh, been fun to be in Santa Clara here, Andrew. I know you and BK will be locking down the show tomorrow. And then the game on Saturday on the sister station, KOA News Radio, starting at 5 with kickoff at 8 p.m. from Levi's Stadium. It's, it's, it's been a good week for the Broncos and the 49ers together. It's been a good week. You know, I'm, I'm going to go into coach speak here. So I was going to say good week, productive week. <laughs> good chance to go against somebody else. Uh, you, learn, you learn something about yourself. I think uh, – you, you learn that Paxton Lynch uh, maybe looks better against other teams than he does against his own defense, and that's fine. You learn that uh, you've, got, you've got some intense guys on your offensive line that are going to have to continue uh, dialing it back. I mean, Garrett Bowles had the penalty last week in Chicago. Malik Watson got into a tussle today. Those guys have to kind of keep that fire under control. Mm -hmm. But... It's been a good week. It's been a lot. It's been fun to see this team the last couple of days. Play more talk about tomorrow. Preseason game Saturday. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. He's Andrew Mason. I'm Mike Rice. TJ Brazil, Romy Bean. Great work as always. Thanks for being with us. Columbus and Lindahl next on Orange and Blue 760. is Orange and Blue 760. All Broncos, all the time. ADSP Thornton, KRFX HD2 Denver. Video app. It's football, baby! The new 24-7 Broncos station. Orange and Blue 760. This is John Elway. Elway can run. Inside the 10. And oh, 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 oh
yard line. All Broncos, all the time. Broncos, all three. One, two, three, Broncos. Broncos. We need to put them helmets on, and we need to make some noise today. We are the Broncos. Let's go. Let's go. Broncos. Showtime, baby. Now, Lock somebody. it's purely Broncos with Andy Lindahl and Tyler Columbus. And it's almost Friday. Thursday. Almost Friday. Andy Lindahl, Tyler Columbus with you. Here till 10. <laughs> Here till noon. Just kidding. 303-713-7600 is the phone number if you'd like to drop us a call. We got a lot of action in this first hour yesterday, and there's still plenty to talk about when it comes to the quarterback race. You could also shoot us a text, 57739. We would love to hear that, or at least your opinions on the text line. You can tweet us at Andy KOA Sports, at Tyler underscore Columbus, at Orange Blue 760. Little talk to tie action going on at 930. Get your questions. Start thinking now. Maybe one time we'll have to have you stump, Tyler. Mm, stump the Swami. It's impossible. Yeah. Stump the chump, maybe? Uh, no, definitely not the chump. <laughs> but you can't stump the Swami, Andy. That's not possible. Hey, have you ever uh, you ever done something that at the time thought you kind of thought it was a good idea, sounded like a good idea? Yeah, last night. And then all of a sudden it wasn't a good idea? Yeah, last night. You're going to? No, I don't care to... Share? Uh, no, I don't care to go any further. Okay. Just, yeah, last night. Like night-night? Yeah. Okay. I just thought... I, AJ told me about this yesterday, and I was waiting to drop it on you today, because this might be... I don't know if it's the dumbest thing ever. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. Now, I'm not the smartest of guys. I'm not quick to put a puzzle together. I've never solved a Rubik's Cube. I'm sure you've never been accused of it. But Atlanta's opening their new stadium. Oh. Have you I, heard about I, this? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I know where you're going. We all enjoy Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh. And those of us that enjoy Chick-fil-A know Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays. Right. Which uh, I and thought. it seems like the only day that I ever really crave Chick-fil-A is on Sunday. Well, you want what you can't have. You're like most of us. Yeah. You don't care about it unless you can have it. Then you're upset that you can't have it because you're a grown man and you won't be told what to do. Right. Yes. So Chick-fil-A is going to have a location inside the new Atlanta Falcons stadium. And what days do uh, the Falcons play games on? Typically Sunday is for football. Oh. And they at the NFL level. Oh. Wait, so Chick-fil-A has a restaurant inside of the Falcons stadium which operates Primarily on Sundays. Usually, yeah. Huh. But Chick-fil-A is not huh. open Sundays, which apparently the policy won't be changed Listen, for the one inside the stadium. Listen, there's never – maybe it's smart. Maybe it could be smart, Andy, because I don't think that there's any possibility that I could walk past that Chick-fil-A and not think, mm, I want Chick-fil-A when it's closed. Okay, so when is it open? And who is it really open to? Well, I guess they're going for the whole, uh, all the concerts and uh, Thursday night games. I don't know. I mean, you, you got to assume there's plenty of 
other activity going on in that stadium outside of Sundays. I mean, look, I can only imagine the investment to get inside of that building. Right. It couldn't have been cheap. I don't know that you're making it back up. Now, and, and matter of fact, I respect the fact that they close on Sunday. Yeah, for those uh, that don't know, the owner wants his workers. To, he thinks it's a family day and that it shouldn't be yeah, open. He's old it's, school. It's a Sabbath day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's decided to I, I mean, we'll I respect closed. it. I think it's cool. Uh, right. Very interesting business decision, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I remember Chick-fil-A's. There used to be no freestanding Chick-fil-A's. If you wanted it, you had to go to a mall. Yeah. Now, I don't know if uh, they were ever open on Sundays. I guess I wasn't now, in the mall enough. Now, your kids are getting a little bit older, so I don't know uh, the over-under in your household of weekly Chick-fil-A runs, but in my household, with three kids under six, I'm going to say the over-under on Chick-fil-A per week, I'm going to set it at five. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's Every up. day? I mean, it's. I feel like every day I come home, Somebody has a Chick-fil-A bag. Yeah, it was bi-weekly. Is that bad parenting? No, it was bi-weekly for us when they were uh, young, especially when I had, like, my evening show. Yeah. And my son needed something to do. We would go to Chick-fil-A, and I'd let him just get, have at it at the whatever the little play place thing. Maybe that's what they're going for, though, man. Just the ultimate you want what you can't have. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just doesn't. I thought there'd be, I kept waiting for AJ to tell me, but there's an exception. But he kept saying, but they're not open Sundays. And I'm like, well, this one's got to be open. No, they're not no, open Sundays. No exception. What, what do you mean? Why are you there then? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. No. That's all. Uh, I mean, you kind of know what the NFL is. You love, should be aware. I would love to know what they paid to get in there. And I'd love to know how often it's actually going to be open. Oh, I'm sure a lot. I mean, think about it. Think about the Pepsi Center. I, you know, do football stadiums get as much action as far as concerts? And, oh, well, I'm sure they're hoping, but no. So Kevin just told me one time during the NFL season will they be open on their Thursday night game. That's it. Well, yeah, that's the NFL, though. Look, no, because here's the thing. Like, so Sports Authority Field at Mile High, as we know, has been putting on some great concerts lately. They had all the big ones this summer. They had Guns N' Roses. Because who doesn't want a little Chick-fil-A? Somehow Chick-fil-A and Guns N' Roses and Metallica don't necessarily go together, but those are two of the shows that they had. What? You can't you can't like uh, Metallica and Chick-fil-A? I don't see the guy thinking that you should rest on the Sabbath is spinning the Guns N' Roses in between Sabbath visits. How about that? You know that? what? But, but this one's, uh, <laughs> one's going to be indoors, so maybe they get more. Well, but I don't think it's about the outside. You have to understand bands don't want to play to an empty room. There's only there's only so many bands that can pack a stadium. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, look, Fiddler's Green, that's a 22,000 seat venue. Red Rocks. What what is the most amount of people that have ever sat down and watched your band play? Mine? Yeah. Well, it's kind of an unfair question. Why? Because we actually had like 150, 200 people show up to like our first gig. But there's Respectable. We're, we're not, well, believe me, every band in town wanted us to come play with them because I, I was like, you know, look, you and I are used to working in grand arenas, yeah, shall we say. Right, right. You know, when you spend your weekends inside college and NFL stadiums where fifty to 75,000 people are showing up, that didn't seem like a lot of people. I come to find out that most bands trying to make it around town, nothing against them or the music. They're sensitive about this, I learned. 
but they draw maybe 20 people and 10 of them are family and friends. Can I find your band? Some, how, how do uh, I find well, your band? Well, I will tell you this. Well, it's called Fatty's Big Chance. We got a Facebook page. Fatty's Big Chance. We keep Chance. getting likes even though we've not played anything in like two years. Okay. So I don't know why. But but there's talk of a reunion tour. Oh, so you don't currently have a band. Well, I mean, it's there. It's kind of like, uh, so one of my favorite bands, see, you got, and now you started the music thing, not me. Uh, one of my favorite bands is Goldfinger, and he kind of, you know, all the guys that originally did that band with him are ticked off, so the lead singer kept the rights. He oh, went, so you went ticked Axel. everybody off and they all ran away? Could be, yeah. You were high management? No, I'm kind of, that's the problem. I'm unmotivated. I'm oh. good if we could do it every couple months. Turns out that doesn't work very well. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.